Hello and welcome to Gaming Fix episode 105. I am your host, Andre Cole, aka your girl's favorite Tam Tam. I am joined today by Alex. What do clouds wear under their shorts? Uh, Skywalker. Thunderpants. Oh. Okay. Uh, And also joined by Pat. I thought we were going to do our Temtem starters, so I don't have a joke. I mean, you could tell me your Temtem starter. Ho-Chick is very cool. (laughs) Ho-Chick? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Ouchick. I, I don't know. I don't. Maybe I'm I, saying it wrong. I, I, I don't know. I've it's H O U C H I C. I I prefer Houchick. The way that they Houchick. No, they not present who. they present the starters and they're they're all neat, but like that's the starter that's floating in the air with geometric shapes surrounding it. So I don't understand why you like with the imagery they present. It's like these other two are cool looking, but I'm gonna pick the one that's flying and has like cubes and spheres rotating around it it just reminded me of control and i was immediately pushed away from it i would remind the correct I, I had the correct response which was it reminded me of control and that made me want to pick it i didn't want to have a mediocre mediocre experience <laughs> well uh we're, we're now we're in it uh, tell me, Alex, is Temtem a mediocre experience? Are we just jumping straight into video games? Holy uh, shit. We, what? You you did this. The two of you, you did this. We can, I don't know. I mean, do you have something else you want to talk about? No, not particularly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? Let's just talk about Not, not every episode has to be long and meandering at the beginning. That's right. true. You're right. We can just jump straight into I content. Because I, I was out of town, so I haven't played like a lot of video games like my temtem i spent some hot and heavy time with temtem and legends of runeterra yesterday and then i killed a bear off and that's pretty much all i've done gaming wise this week wait and bear off's no joke oh no it was i was uh it, it, it was tough and it was the first time i had done a monster hunter hunt in like a year oh so wait, it let you do Barioth, even though you. Have well, I didn't start there? a new character. So oh. what happened was I played like twenty or thirty hours of that game. I got but, right near the end of the story on PS4. Yeah, and then I bought the PC version last year on sale, and I only yeah. played it up until that first. Like I only but, played it for like a couple hours. Yeah, but Barioth is in the DLC, and I was assuming that it would do the same thing as like the earlier. As, like it would be like, oh, you're not this far in the story. You can't do this hunt. No, but, this is um, this is not Barioth. Oh. But just like B A R R O T H, yeah, Barry. Yeah, that's that's the one oh, when you B A R R O T O T H. Yeah, it's it's the one in the desert when you have to escort the scientists. Oh, oh, yeah, okay. Not a Barioth. No, okay. Baroth, Baroth okay. is not as hard, but when you haven't no. fought, its patterns are easy to deal with, but it has a lot of health. And when you yeah. haven't played in a long time, it killed me once, um, and like it just kept like kept running away because that's what monsters and monster hunter do. But the problem is that I was using uh, the other issue is that I was using a long blade. And since it was that level, I didn't realize what I was fighting against. Mm-hmm. And the long blade is not very good against its armor pieces. No. So it took a very long time for me to kill. Yes. It. 
Well, you do know you can go into the tent at the camp and then change your gear. So you could have switched to like a hammer. Yeah, I forgot about that when I was in the moment. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember that after I died the first time, but at that point it was almost dead. So I just finished mm-hmm. the hunt. We have successfully uh, meandered. <laughs> yeah, there we go. The only other thought I have about Monster Hunter, though, is that I didn't they put in one. It's cool that they just give you the clutch claw. Yeah. Um, that's not like a story thing. So I just have it and I can use it. And that makes playing the game more fun, which is mm-hmm. cool. And two, they, uh, they put the, like, they put like new, there's one new branch, the defender branch for weapons. Mm-hmm. And they do a lot of damage and you just, well, get, yeah, it's specifically it's like to help catch up like new, pl- yeah. Catch up yeah. weapon to get you, it'll get you through the entire, like original it's interesting. game. I'm and debating then, if I actually want to use them or not, but. Uh, I mean, de- yeah, it depends on what you want to do. Like once you get to the Iceborne stuff, you'll probably need to farm a little bit to get the actually good stuff, yeah. like to get stuff that's good. So like you still need to farm, but to, just for expedience, it might be good to use that so you can get to like the cool stuff. But yeah, I'm not in a huge hurry. My buddy will yeah. play whatever hunt I tell him I need to do. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, anyway. We don't have to. I don't have any other thoughts. I only literally only did that one hunt. That's it. All right. Well, uh, well, yeah. We know you're doing longsword. We know you're doing ho chick or whatever. Okay, Alex, yeah. who's your starter in Temtem? The Crystal Buddy. That's crystal buddy is that its name? Yeah. No, I don't actually remember the what I named. It. No, I, I named I named that guy, but with like a million T's. Yeah, but what is what is its Temtem name? Crystal. Crystal, really? No. It's but it's like a little crystal turtle, uh, yeah, kind of like a turtle. That, that's its name though. It's its name is Crystal. Is it? Yes. Oh, okay. This game's some bullshit. That's a dumb. <laughs> uh, it's, it's like if they just named a Pokemon dog. Yeah, but no, that's its name. Um, but yeah, no, I've put uh, I don't know four or five hours into Temtem. I'm basically I uh, finished the first the first gym equivalent i guess you can call it i forget dojos. what they call it the dojo yeah dojos. yeah so okay. uh yeah uh we also talked about it previously with the kind of stress test that they were doing before so there's a bit of initial yeah. impression there but now with a more extended time with it and with and stable experience more more stable experience the first day yeah. or two was still pretty up and down yeah you got i didn't start till yesterday i just had a login queue but that was the only yeah they they did i know yeah, they sorted that first couple days. Yeah, they, they sorted it out pretty well. Um, so once everything was stable, it's been it's been rock solid. But <laughs> the first day experience wasn't the greatest when you would go into like a wild Temtem encounter and then hit your yeah. attack and it would take like three seconds for anything to happen. <laughs> That's how the stress test was. That's, and it was I a little don't know. rough. That's sometimes how Pokemon feels. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I guess the big question for me is how how does it actually like compare to Pokemon like after like four hours with it, like to any of the ones you've played, either Pat, the new ones or Alex, like Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon or Sun and Moon, whatever one of those you when whatever one you played. Uh, for me, I would say like because you said my most recent experience is Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. Um, yeah. I would say it's a pretty direct facsimile in a lot of ways like it is emulating the best parts of pokemon and like kind of skimming over some of the polish which it doesn't need and i think that's fine Mm -hmm. uh, because it's obviously a smaller team i mean like if you think about it the pokemon company and game freak are the most well-funded video game studio in the world 
because uh, Pokemon is the number one most successful entertainment property of all time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so to hold it against that exact same standard is a little bit ridiculous, even though Sword and Shield is arguably not living up to those standards. Uh, some may some may yeah, say. I mean, you could I mean, say like I mean, you could probably say that about lots of games over the history of the series but depending totally. on who you are and what you like but yeah just like how how similar like so you say yeah. it's pretty like yeah so, close facsimile so yeah i would say like the best parts of it emulate the best parts of pokemon but it also mm-hmm. does a bunch of stuff to kind of uh uh like they expand on some parts and they actually are pretty innovative in some other parts which i think are really good uh, yeah it, structurally the battles almost feel very different from Pokemon because of the the subtle changes they make to the formula Agreed. to the point where like it's almost as different from Pokemon as something like a Dragon Quest is from Pokemon. I mean, that's an, a bit of an extreme example, but there it's still that turn based combat. But like, th- there's a lot of very minute changes. If you just looked at a screenshot of it, it looks almost identical. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah, like a. Uh, Tokyo Mirage sessions to a persona sort of. Yeah, no, actually. Yeah. I mean, I did actually play a good couple hours of that and I got into the combat into that, which I also am really enjoying, but yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. one, yeah, that's a, that's a valid comparison. It so, is. Yeah, it like, is. The, the stamina thing is a, a thing that stands yes. out because it's awesome. Uh, yeah. Like you have a mana, a mana pool or whatever, like PPs like you would in Pokemon, except mm-hmm. uh, in this game, it resets at the start of every fight. And okay. over the course of the fight, it will also kind of ref- like you know it will uh, heal itself a little bit if you want to think of it that way. Uh, mm-hmm. But if you get that stamina, the mana pool, whatever you want to think of it as, but it's called stamina. If you get that too low, they'll start to get a little exhausted and maybe make mistakes or hurt themselves or like you know like you're actually fucking up your temtem by using all of its energy. Okay. What I've seen, I don't. And maybe you, you're a little further than me. I just I got to the town with the first dojo in it, but I haven't done the first dojo yet. Um, but I did take my time along the way to try to catch as many as I could and do all the trainer battles and stuff. Yeah. Um, it's the stamina is like a shared in Pokemon. It's like each move has a, has a PP pool. So like you can move, you can use X move 12 times before you need to see, go take it to a Pokemon center or use an ether in Temtem moves cost a certain amount of stamina. So you might have 22 stamina and your kick move takes seven stamina. Yeah. Um. And you recover three. I think it's a flat recovery rate. Three stamina per turn. Uh, yeah. I actually haven't looked at that, but yeah. But it could be that it's different from Temtem to Temtem. Mine, I, from what I've when I've looked, mine all recover three stamina per turn, which means that sometimes you actually have to wait to recover stamina because your moves use it faster than you can recover it. If mm-hmm. you use it though, when you if you use a move and you don't have enough stamina to cover the cost of the move, you take the difference in damage. So if you have four stamina left and you use that kick move that costs seven, you will take three damage for doing the move. So far, that's looked like that's the penalty for me. But I don't know, Alex, and they may in the dojo, there might be like other stuff that happens. Um, I might have missed some stuff. No, that seems, um, I think it's consistent so far. I haven't seen what happens afterwards, though. Yeah. So it's, it's, um, it's, there's a lot of like, kind of like, you can push it and do the move that, cause like I have a lot of my good moves take like 12 to 15 stamina. So you can push it and do that big move if you think it can finish the fight, but it could knock you. Like you have to be careful and do the math to make sure you're not going to get knocked out also. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that stuff like that is really, really big towards like making subtle changes to the formula. Yeah. 
And yeah, there's lots of little things like that that are different from Pokemon that make it a different experience. But in, in my opinion, it's just more interesting than Pokemon has been for quite some time. Is that because of the way that combat is? Like that stamina Actually. system, the 2v, is it all 2v2? or? Yeah. Uh, yeah, most of the time. Like it's usually, you're always sending out two. Whether or not you you're facing send- two is is up to the battle. But. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes it's two, you, you have two and it's like one. They call like, them, <laughs> this is the extent they go to to avoid getting sued. They're called untamed Temtem, not wild Temtem. And and I do enjoy the, the words they use where it says, this Temtem has found you. <laughs> Yes. Which I think is really adorable. Uh-oh. Yes. Uh-oh. Uh, it's very, it's so funny. Like they are oh. clearly very concerned about the the legal ramifications too of every like phrase in Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Um, they, anyway. should, they should get Carly Rae Jepsen to license them now that I've found you and make a whole <laughs> video about it further. Um, That's good. But I think like the, uh, a big change to the combat um, that I kind of, assume would be a big deal to you Alex is they remove randomness from the combat entirely like there is no yeah, there's no like random cranes. chance of anything occurring so there aren't things like oh you use confusion and there's a 80% chance your target is confused and then there's a 10% chance they hurt themselves instead of doing their attack yeah. in this game I think it's called bamboozle but like if you oh, bamboozle yeah. somebody they just they're bamboozled that's it yep um, and it, same thing with like, if you put someone to sleep, there's like a timer that shows you how long they're going to be asleep. Yeah. Same with um, poison and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So that stuff is really cool because it allows you to plan strategically a lot of things. And since it's all two V two, you can have like the Temtem that just does like supporty stuff and, mm-hmm. um, maybe does buffs and debuffs. And, um, then the Temtem that like does a lot of damage and like they're, they all have like the the special effect. I don't know what they call it. Talent. I can't remember. But yeah. there's things like Hochik. Normally, when you put someone to sleep, um, if you attack them, they wake up. Hochik's thing is, if you attack a Temtem that's sleeping, it doesn't wake up if it's attacked with Hochik. So they're like pretty meaningful things that actually help you to define roles for your Temtem in a way that sometimes Pokemon um, like talents or whatever they're called do. But in a lot of cases in Pokemon, it's like, you can see what berry they're holding. And like, <laughs> I don't fucking care. Uh, yeah. So it's it feels like there's just more of a. And this is in part because they can do this because they're starting from scratch. This is their first batch of monsters. Um, but it feels like each of them has a meaningful place, uh, which is which feels really cool. And it like, I don't know, it's satisfying in a way to like level them up individually because i don't feel like it's like oh well there's like 400 of these things so who fucking cares because i'm going to end up probably never using this thing again once i get someone to replace it um which is sort of the feeling that i get a lot of times when i play pokemon and it's not really pokemon's fault it's just the nature of having like 25 years of characters yeah yeah i would agree with pretty much all of that um and one thing we haven't even talked about even though it's supposed to be one of the main selling points is the mmo factor yeah, uh, and to be honest, that layer I haven't even really interacted with uh, apart from seeing other people in the world. Yeah, yeah, same. I, I, that's one one thing. I mean, it's still in early access, so there's stuff that can be improved. Mm-hmm. But w- one thing I wish was a little better about the game was your ability to interact with that layer. Like, let, let's say you have ten people running all around you, and you're in some area. You're in a house, or you're in a field, or whatever. Uh, 
like I would like to just be able to walk up to them and push the interact button and then open a prompt to say like oh do something with this person but instead you have to open up a menu which is like interact and then it'll give you a list of everyone in the entire area and you have to find yeah. the person's name and then you can do stuff and like mm-hmm. that's a little clunky but like so I haven't actually done anything with that uh, I haven't done a battle or a trade or anything like that um, yeah but it's nice to know that like and I don't actually know what co-op looks like. Presumably there is some kind of like, I don't know if it's like a grouping system or what, but there is yeah. some way that you can play with your friends. I assume you group and then you each send out one Temtem in encounters. Yeah, that would make that sense. Would, that would be what I, cause I'm pretty sure though that, that if it's not in now, it will be in. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, totally. I think the sense. thing though, ultimately that is the most exciting thing about the game um, and this is sort of a this is sort of a risk, and it is expensive for if you're used to buying early access games. This is like new in early access and thirty five dollars, which is mm-hmm. not cheap for an early access game. I think it's worth it because it seems like really good, um, and we undervalue games as is, especially indie games. So uh, I certainly don't begrudge them at all for setting the price that they did. But um, it's the fact that like this is ostensibly a platform assuming that it finds continues to find success. I, I don't get the impression that they're going to like finish this game next year. And then in 2022 put out Temtem two. It's more like totally. you might buy an expansion to this game. That is a whole new region or something. But mm-hmm. um, that's the thing I think that for me is the most exciting is they've talked about plans to, it's going to be out on consoles, including switch. Um, they've talked about their, the fact that like, the plan is to do cross save and cross cross play for everything, which I mean, basically their back says like, assuming we can do it, which there's not really any reason we can't, we'll do this stuff. Um, and so it's, 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 it's feels more like kind of like, it feels like the dauntless to Pokemon's monster hunter in a way where like there's more polish in the one. Um, and uh, I think that the polish gap is, maybe more important in the monster hunter versus dauntless comparison. Um, and like there's plenty more you could say about that particular comparison, but it's kind of like that in that um, I don't think they'll ever, they will ever make a dauntless two. That's probably the way it is with Temtem as well is that it's just going to be a game that is constantly expanded on forever. And they've done such a good job crafting an art style and like design ethos where in 10 years, this game will still look great because it's just it's designed in such a way to make it look really good. Um, and then, you know, all those smart choices, there's stuff in the competitive too. Like there's like a pick and ban phase, mm. which it, I think Pokemon actually has more of that than I thought it did, but I don't think it has bans um, because I think it's more like you get to see your opponent's team before the fight starts in Pokemon. But the bans were when Nintendo said we're not putting all the Pokemon <laughs> in Sword and Shield. In in uh, in Temtem though, it's it's like you bring ten Temtem to the battle, and then you get to ban four, and then I think you pick four of those ten, um, and that's like how the competitive. It's something like that, um, which is just that stuff is interesting and neat and different. And the other nice thing too is. Um, Whereas with Pokemon, although now it looks like they're putting the Pokemon back in, so maybe this is not, this is true of Pokemon too. But um, if somebody like if 
like right now there's no XP share in Temtem. You have to have a Temtem in your front two to thing, like have it participate in battle to get experience. I'm sure if the community at large was like, Hey, one of the best things Pokemon has done is XP share. Give it to us. Then they would be receptive to making changes like that. Um, yeah. Which normally I am kind of a, I, I prefer to see developers make the game they want to make, not the game that the people playing the game want them to make. However, because this is drawing so heavily from another franchise already, I feel like incorporating community feedback more directly makes a lot of sense. And it seems like the kind of thing a small studio that's making their very much their own game can really do and react to in real time. Yep. And I think when you were talking about like um, their continued support of it, uh, it's. I think it's been extraordinarily successful. So, I mean, the servers have been pretty much at capacity since the launch, and like you see a lot of people yeah. talking about it online at this point. I feel like they've probably uh, equalized on whatever they invested into it, and are probably profitable at this point. So, I imagine that they're probably going to be continuing. And well, and it was crowdfunded in the first place, so they had some yeah. seed money to begin with, which yep. is nice. So. Yeah, totally. Yeah. No. Um, uh, yeah, my feelings on it are pretty wholly positive. Like some, like yeah. I said, some UI things that you can totally, scrutinize yeah. if you want. But like again, it's early access, so I don't know. If it I also would, works. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna say I don't know if I would hold it against it until they hit 1.0. It also works with like it's keyboard and mouse driven. It's not like there is a your mouse interacts fully. So like there's a couple things you need to do hotkeys to pull open menus, but then you can just click. You can use your mouse to navigate the menus too. So yep. It it. Is very even when sometimes the the like button prompts are a little weird, but because the mouse works with it, it just you can always navigate your way through what you need to do. Yeah, and if you really want to, you can play that entire game one handed. You can just use WASDA and oh. the F key. Oh yeah, <laughs> you can just you, on you can, that you note, can, you can no. tame them tem tems if you know what I'm saying. Um, I'm also I gotta say I'm impressed. I kind of assume my biggest concern with the game when I first uh, saw it was this is just going to be a bunch of off-brand Pokemon. And while they do kind of, they're not like... Some of these do look like, one of these, I'm just like, that's an orange Garchomp. (laughs) Sure. But generally, the designs are pretty good. Like, either they lift from good Pokemon designs, Mm -hmm. or they come up with a pretty decent, their own pretty decent-looking thing. It's not just like, I was worried it was going to have the appearance of like a like a garbage mobile knockoff mm-hmm. where it's mm-hmm. just like, no, these are just animals. They don't have any <laughs> unique features and that's pretty limited. And when it's, when it is just an animal, at least it like looks good. So, yeah. Uh, and I will say that the most appealing thing about this for me is that your temtems do follow you around in the world. They the lead one, one does. Yes. Yep. And you yep. can also see all the other players and the one that's yeah. following them. Yeah. And yep. that, that is what I want from Pokemon and they just, they won't give it to me. <laughs> it's also worth noting, noting that it has a really cool and diverse character creator. That is even like Pokemon sword and shield is not bad in that regard, but um, it's even better in like this game. It, I mean, they have like a very wide range of skin tones, lots of different hair options, including like pretty specific cultural hair. And um, then there's like pronoun selection at the end. They make sure to say that like your body type is just a body type and not gender the body types. It's hmm. which is all pretty cool. It's just a nice thing to see. I like. Uh, yeah, apparently their that. mods for like their community are also really good. Oh, cool. uh, I, I can't remember the exact thing I saw, but it was someone 
you know, basically like oh, free speech. And they're like, no, you're being an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Their social media account is very funny too. Yeah. Like I, I thought two days ago, um, when I was still in Michigan, I was just like reading their Twitter to see how things were going with the launch. And the, they said, uh, in parentheses, server is still under maintenance. And then the next tweet, stop hitting the re- reconnect button, smiley face. And then the tweet after that, stop breaking our site too, please. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They've been good. They've honestly been pretty funny. Um, the one thing I would say about the, the characters, uh, creator is that they kind of removed a lot of options from the stress test, which I thought was like, I didn't whatever. notice that, but I believe you. Yeah. Like, like, um, I saw people complaining about the fact that like, there used to be like, let's say 40 hairstyles and now there's like 15 and, 13 of them are women hairstyles so the men feel like oh we only have two to choose from and like I don't think this was a serious complaint but someone's like I wanted to play bald and they removed the bald from the stress <laughs> test rah <laughs> but like I think they yeah, were they yeah. were they were being like this is the one thing I can complain about rah like that's kind of the I, tone it had but at the same time it's like it's weird that they took out most of the hairstyles but whatever yeah. who cares I think I, I wanted I didn't notice because I wanted long hair anyway so yeah. I picked like what would probably be considered by most to be a more feminine hairstyle anyway yeah so I, I wasn't bothered I just saw the community talking about it so. my hair looks like Trunks's hair yeah and I'm playing uh, as a lady so I don't care they <laughs> do say on the Steam page that in terms of content 50% of the game's content is already available including the first three islands 80 Temtem 80 plus temtem and 20 hours gameplay yeah i, I, will, I will say and, yeah it's it's never felt thin mm-hmm. like, no it, although there is a i don't know if you branched off to the left alex yeah, on yeah i saw that. that town that, that sign. there is like a yeah. sign that's like wip and when yeah, you go it, up to yeah. it, it says like this area is work in progress yeah it says like content coming in the future or whatever i don't remember how they phrase it but yeah I, I will say, like, normally I'm like, nah, I'm good on early access anymore until the game is out so I can play the full thing. This feels like the kind of thing, though, that's like, no, I will catch, I will play what is in the game so far and catch those 80 Temtem, and then when the other, there's only going to be 141 before 61. 1.0. 161? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, cool. the, the, the Tempedia only lists 141 right now, but uh, maybe there's more. Yeah, the Steam page says the full version of Temtem will include 161+. plus. But cool. so that's, that's more than red and blue Pokemon yeah. red and blue. So, no, it's plenty. Uh, well, um, it's probably check and mate. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, but uh, but I just definitely feel like the kind of game that I will play as they grow it because I don't think they're planning on wiping anybody or anything. No, not uh, anymore. They've said they've said they're going to increase the price as time goes on to uh, reward Kickstarter backer or not Kickstarter backer, but early, early backers, early and backers. also as yeah. they. As they like add more features and stuff, they feel yeah. like the price will be warranted. Uh, yeah. So and if you're yeah. interested, maybe hop in now so you can get that I, early I price. Would, I would say for like I paid thirty, oh probably about the same for Super uh, Superland, and I would say this mm-hmm. is a better video game than Superland. Okay. I also, I mean, I will probably, I will most likely play this game here and then if it does have cross save and cross play with the switch when that version releases I'll probably buy it again there. Yeah, that'll be a good so, place for it. Um it is it is a uh, I think it's worth the dropping the the cash on um on trying it out now and then I will again yeah buy buy it again cuz it has other cool stuff like you get like there's going to be like housing, player housing you can set your housing up and they're putting in a nuzlocke mode that's like just a toggle that you can put on yeah, um, yeah. Hmm. it's it is a good video game. No, no real caveats there. <laughs> yeah, finally somebody made a good Pokemon video game. Yep. 
I just hope they don't get sued in the last 10 years. In the last 10 years. I don't, I think they'll be fine. Pokemon World Online is still Pokemon World Online. Yeah. Uh, And they did get sued, but they, I don't remember, they, they made a case for it and said, oh yeah, it's like derivative work or something like that. I would bet that this game has just enough differences in terminology that they could say like, you're going to go sue the Digimon people. (laughs) Are you going to go sue, you know, Square Uh, made a Dragon Quest game where you catch monsters. Are you going to sue them? I'm just going to wait on uh, Temtem Go, personally. (laughs) Temtem Stadium. Yep. Temtem Snap. Yeah, yeah, there we go. (laughs) To really stick it to Nintendo. (laughs) Anyways, we can see a skeleton. Uh, Andre, what have you been playing? Oh, boy. Oh, yeah, I've been playing a, a few things. Uh, a big thing. It's not so much because I was playing it, but I, I have been playing it a lot. But because like some crazy shit went down like a week and a half ago last week, it was still going on last time we podcasted and it ended like right after. So now you get to hear all about Destiny 2's Corridors of Time puzzle. Hell yeah. More Destiny talk. So this, this is podcast. No, this is like <laughs> super fascinating and also very emblematic of Bungie's like issue with like making content for this game. And like and it's been their issue since Destiny One. And you'd think that like all the stuff that's come out about Destiny One is like towards the end, like they lost like they're a lot of their lead writers and they basically scrapped the whole story and rewrote it. And that's why it was so bad. And like there are story threads that are just left unresolved. And this has happened through the entire, like from destiny one to destiny two, all the expansions like set up like story, story beats and they get like halfway and then like you resolve one thing, but then it opens up a bunch of other questions yeah. That they never return to. And wasn't the lore de- delivery mechanism in like the first Destiny kind of janky? Yes, yes. It was it was very it was like you had to go on a smartphone app. Don't talk shit the about the place. grimoire. <laughs> it should have been in the game. No, it should have I'm kidding. And, and now it is. Uh but like you don't have to read it, like but that's where like all the interesting stuff is, I guess. Yeah. I, I haven't really read it. But yeah. point, they're, point they're getting better about including that stuff in the game now. Uh but yeah, so there's so many like unresolved storylines and they keep making unresolved storylines. Like yeah. it's just it's like every every new like expansion like just leaves something new that's like, eh, maybe someday we'll get back to it instead of like yeah, anyway. So right now is uh the second season of year 3 or Shadow Keep started like their free to play model and they're doing like a battle pass. Last season was season of Un- season of the undying. This season is season of dawn. Oh, undying! So does it raise a tombstone and then it turns into the flesh golem if you get your ultimate? Uh, no. There was uh, there was the Vex, the robots, like oh. time traveling, space time traveling robots, and then you had to go into a portal and then kill this one really bad robot called the Undying Mind. You had to go into mm. a portal and kill him in like a million different timelines, so he couldn't come back it couldn't come back but everyone was mad because it was just like the exact same activity but then they changed the boss at the end uh so you know that wasn't great but uh this season like so they're continuing the story kind of between seasons so because that happened 
in this season, we were able to find this guardian who got trapped in like the infinite forest, which is like a weird time travel place. And we managed to pull him out of time through some like weird time travel shenanigans where we went, we built his weapon, like which is called the perfect paradox, which is a shotgun, built his weapon, took it back in time, gave it to him, saved his life, then came out, then went back in time to another time when he, I think where he would have died, then saved him again. And then he came out of the forest and then now he's alive. And, uh, so that all happened. So all and this then, time traveling was for babysitting him, basically. Uh, kind of, yeah. Right. And now, now he, now he's back. And uh, so that, and then that brought us shortly after that happened. A couple weeks, uh, Osiris, who is the guy who kind of oversees the Infinite Forest and is like the one who knows about it because he spent like decades or hundreds of years inside of it. Uh, because guardians don't die. Yeah, they uh, also make skateboard shoes. Yeah. Yep. And he, uh, yeah, he was just rolling around on Heelys in there. Uh, so <laughs> wait, wait, I need to get back to destiny. Uh, he gave him, uh, so he's like, Hey, uh, something weird's going on in like in the sundial, which is, uh, this weird time travel machine he built to try and like navigate through the infant forest better. And he's like, go in there and try and figure out what's going okay. on. Wait one second. I have to say, as much as I am pretty ambivalent towards towards Destiny, the stuff what they name stuff is the best. Oh yeah, <laughs> the, the sundial. sundial. The it's the best the thing about forest. the game. Infinite Forest, like those are all the best really, thing about the game. Really good yeah. is, is the aesthetic the and the naming yes. and the the yeah the way that stuff looks. Yeah, and, so, and the concept behind all of it. Anyways, sorry, continue. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Oh no, yeah. So and <laughs> this yeah this is like they did this really cool thing. So everyone went into this place and it's just like this kind of like white void. And you like run down this path and then you enter a room and it's like a hexagon and there's like a path on each side and they've got these symbols Uh, and everyone's like, what the fuck is this? And you just kind of run around and you just, it takes you to another room and then everyone's like, I don't, what is going on here? And there's like, you know, eventually someone realizes on the planet, on like four of the planets, there are these obelisks, uh, which are part of the season. And every hour on the hour for that first like day that this was happening, they showed a pattern in like They showed like six symbols, I think six, seven symbols, maybe. So they showed a bunch of symbols and everyone's like, wait, those are the symbols that are in the corridors of time. So we'll run through the symbols in that order. And then it takes you, you do that and it puts you in this bigger room or like this different room, which has a tomb in the center, like just like a casket, kind of like a stone tomb. And there's like, if you look down, there's like a hexagon and then a bunch of smaller hexagons off to the side. And everyone's like, what the fuck is this? And it gives you some lore. This happens for like 19 hours. It's a new pattern every hour for 19 hours. Eventually, we get to one, the last one, and it gives you an emblem. Which is just like the little flare thing it puts on your name. Oh, sure. uh, When people see it. Uh and I was like, what the fuck? And the quest isn't over. And so everyone's like, what the fuck is this? The quest isn't over. All we got was an emblem and some lore. Maybe the next hour or something will happen. Nothing does. And people realize on the ground, if you interact, it would give you like, it would show you a symbol and a bunch of other symbols on the ground in the big hexagon and the hexagon surrounding it. Somehow 
probably because Bungie has done this in the past, people realize that everyone has like a different symbol, a different set of symbols. And so they start trying to piece them together. Uh, basically using like, okay, if these symbols match up, then we can put these together. Mm-hmm. And over time it takes like a week and they build this map. I don't know all the details. I didn't follow it that closely. I wasn't watching the streams cause I was like, uh, I'll let smarter people than I figure this out. But it took hundred hundreds of thousands of people, thousands, at least thousands of people, uh, all going into this doing this uh, maze thing and putting their, uh, you know, putting their codes into spreadsheets and then compiling those people like made programs to compile the information uh, and match everything up and check it. And at the end of all of this, uh, it gives us a bigger code, like another, a longer code spoilers for corridors of time but it's going away on a tuesday so if you mm. want to see this yourself you got to go do it right now um so yeah so you get into you go back into the tomb room after this like 12 character 12 symbol puzzle and it you start hearing uh saint 14 the guy you saved from the infinite forest at the beginning of the season he starts monologuing uh or eulogizing you He's giving a eulogy for your guardian. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, so he's like, uh, oh, uh, you know, they died defending the city uh, alongside us. Does, does uh, everyone, they, everyone get the same eulogy or were they different? Uh, so they are. They were slightly different depending on what you've accomplished. Like, uh, so it gives you like your titles. So if you've got like, oh, I did like if you got like the Rivensbane title, which is like for doing about a lot of raid stuff, they would say like, Oh, Rivens, like, you know, young wolf, uh, hero of the red war, Rivensbane, Crota's end. Like they actually brought stuff in from destiny one. Mm-hmm. If you had like a cross save enabled, or if you were playing on that platform and brought your character over, which you could kind of do, but not really. Uh, so yeah, if you, so he, he gives this whole long, uh, eulogy and is uh, like I marked it with your favorite weapon or I marked it with their favorite weapon uh, which was broken during the during their battle like their final battle uh, to defend the city whatever that means because uh, we don't know we may never know who knows uh, because of Bungie and everyone's like oh it's going to be you know everyone's theorizing this whole time because that's you the Gallarhorn. Yeah, it's gonna. No, that's one of the things people thought yeah. it was gonna be Gallarhorn. Right? But that was before we heard the eulogy because no one data mined the eulogy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, people data mined a lot of stuff about the season, and you know, but no one data mined this. Uh, and so there's the eulogy, and then on the on the tomb, there's a sword, and the sword looks like a Destiny One exotic sword. So people thought it was like a secret and it was coming back and they were like going to because it wasn't on like the roadmap for the season. None of this was. And then you get a you get like an item and it's like, go talk to St. 14 now in the tower. You go talk to St. 14 and he sends you on this quest. And at the end of the quest, you get an exotic fusion rifle called Bastion, which was on the fucking uh, on the roadmap for the season, which was supposed to come out was scheduled is scheduled to be available 
on the 28th. So Tuesday, I think. Is that Tuesday? Uh, yes. On the Tuesday reset, this quest was supposed to become available. But they made this whole week long puzzle to just make the puzzle available like a week early. Mm. And like. It's just I, a lot. It's it's but, a lot to for like the the reward like the amount of work that people put into like the reward is my, a little the thing, weird. The thing that bothers me, like the same fourteen stuff is cool because it means there's a new character in the tower and shit. Right. But like that whole there's no new lore really associated with this whole maze thing and I like, mean I mean there are eighteen, nineteen lore pieces that you pick up. Yeah, sure, but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but like the the end result of all this I mean it's cool, but it feels like The puzzle is cooler than the the stuff that it's like leading to. The fr- yeah. I mean it's like it's like the the it's like the missed MMO realized in that like <laughs> yes it's cool that there are these big collaborative puzzles but at the end of the day it's like working out symbols and like yeah. putting it's like doing math it's a math problem. Oh yeah and no they have literally done quests that involve binary and like stuff I like that. I think that's my frustration with it is like comparing it to something like uh and i'm not saying other people should agree with me but like mm-hmm. this is why when i hear that stuff it makes me not interested in logging back in is like That's totally fair um like uh elite dangerous when they brought the thargoids which is their like alien mm-hmm. monsters back it was like this year-long thing of like someone found a capsule floating in space and it had this fungus in it and when they put it on their ship it did damage to their ship over time but if you took it back to like a research station you could turn it in Mm-hmm. And it would just like no one knew what it was doing, but people just started doing it and finding these capitals and turning them in and stuff. And then like slowly news stories in the game started trickling in about like, oh, explorers all over the galaxy are finding these weird capsules. And then um, eventually it and there were some ways that it tied the narrative together that I'm not remembering, but like it had like a transmission coming out of them that was like you could analyze it in audio um in in like pro tools and stuff and pick it apart and get like weird, like again, like weird, like binary code language stuff. Mm -hmm. And then eventually coming in, then people like you would just randomly get pulled out of hyperspace, but it was very rare. And there would be this like massive alien ship that looked totally unlike anything you'd ever seen before in floating in front of you. And it would be like a, Oh fuck. Oh fuck. Oh fuck. Oh fuck. Oh fuck. And you had to then run away from it. Like Mm -hmm. if you stayed to try to fight it, it would blow you up. And the result was like, it took a really long time for that story to move, but it it was all narrative. Like there was the binary stuff you mm-hmm. could pick out, but it wasn't leading you anywhere. It just contained clues to the thing. Mm-hmm. It didn't actually have like the puzzle solution. There was no yeah. puzzle. Yeah. They were slowly deploying weird, unique narrative elements. And I thought that was cool. And it was so fun to watch like unfold. But with this, with whenever they do one of these puzzles in destiny, I'm always just like, I'm very happy for the people who enjoy doing the math, but mm-hmm. it's like, it's, it's just, it's just like a bunch of people. It's just like people number crunching and it's very, <laughs> and then at the end it's like, and you get a gun. Well, I, I'm, but sometimes those guns are really cool. Uh, and the gun, <laughs> yes, that's literally sometimes, sometimes but this time that it wasn't, destiny. it's not even that cool. Yeah, and destiny like, is an, in a nutshell is sometimes those guns are really cool. And, and like the thing that just really like makes it 
like what the fuck for me is like in this eulogy is like oh it's their favorite weapon i'm like this weapon i don't want to use this weapon it's not very good (laughs) it's not like it's a new weapon that isn't good for the current like season like the they put out a better weapon earlier in the season and it's just i the the reward for the puzzle like even as someone who did not partake the i have gone and i've done like some of the secret quests and like which are more like platforming and like combat puzzle based those are really satisfying and like watching videos about like how they were originally found was like really cool Mm. because it was just like some dude when i read it's like hey so i went on like this i did this public event but then i got i went in this portal and then i was in a lost sector and i can't open the chest because there's no enemies does anybody know and everyone's like you did what the fuck are you talking about and then they tried it and they went and like holy shit there's a whole like new quest in here see like uh, as someone from the outside looking in who actively does not care about destiny yeah. and will never play it because i just don't care um i hear all this stuff and it's fucking awesome like i know you're yeah. kind of pat you look at it and you're just like and eh, what's the payoff and like it it seems more like like brute forcing it and number crunching than actually like being compelling. Well, there's more too, but, but, but yeah. But like this reminds me of Fez. This reminds me when everyone was like running up against that wall in Fez and being mm-hmm. like, wait, did you guys notice this and this and this? And then like you were watching the like the community forums and stuff like that blowing up with like, yeah. okay, what if we try this? And like that kind of collaborativeness I think is really awesome. And I think yeah. Bungie does that pretty well. Like it seems yeah. like the raids can be pretty well constructed. Like the like the yeah. first time people do raids and it's like figuring out, oh wait, so so we have to do this, blah 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 blah. And like mm-hmm. sometimes the execution isn't great. Like sometimes the conclusion isn't great. But I think there's yeah. a lot of creativity that they put into like yeah. the actual puzzles and the actual yeah, like yeah, yeah no, like they, the concepts. Like, it's really cool. I would love I would love for like Danny O'Dwyer to go in bed with them and just like <laughs> cover the development of one of their puzzles. Yeah. And just like to get like a, what? Who are these people that are making these ridiculous puzzles? Yeah, and like, like you think, said, like this is going to be gone on Tuesday. This is an ephemeral thing. Oh yeah, like so it's, that that's really cuts to that's the, interesting. That cuts to the core though of why I don't like it, and it's why I just like it, like they're manufacturing. But, you had to be their moment, but, but exactly. But, and but, I, that, uh, yeah, I mean that that is kind of frustrating. Like if you want, if a year from now you yeah. read about that and you're like, oh, I want to do that, you can't. But like, like yeah, that's definitely frustrating. Yeah, um, like, yeah. I think it's like the you can biggest... go watch a YouTube video and get like the eulogy, but it's you know, and like running through the thing is not fun. I did it. I, it's not. <laughs> it's not like a good time. I think the most frustrating thing about this, this is a problem I had with Guild Wars as well, and they kind of ultimately came up with a solution that I thought was pretty elegant. But um, my least favorite thing about service games is the ephemeral nature of so much of the content. Um, And I think like I can get over it if it's like a weapon cosmetic or something, Mm -hmm. but it's very frustrating to hear people say, you know, to hear cool stories about what's ha- happening in the world and it's authored content. It's different from something like Eve online where there's a player, ha- there's a war happening yeah. between players. It's, it's authored content. But, but if I log into destiny right now, what I'm going to get is, Oh, I got to go collect these fucking armor pieces and I don't want to do that. <laughs> and so it's, I think it's like, and the like answer I've always gotten from people when I've been critical of that aspect is like, well, you got to do the not fun stuff and then you get to be part of the club and then you get to do the fun stuff when it happens. But it's like, 
not, it's not, it's so inconsistent yeah. to me. And like, I, it's, it's just frustrating that like they create these really cool authored moments that they spend so much time constructing. And yet like to get to it, there's just so much you have to grind through and push through. Um, I mean, on like us, yeah, on like one character to get through, you do have to. And now then for your other characters, you can just basically immediately boost them. Yeah, it's it's not even that it's particular. It takes a particularly long time. I could probably get through the rest of Shadow Keep's like story content in a day. If I started playing at the end of this podcast and then played through lunch, I could probably get through it all. It's just not long. The doing it is I found the doing it to be so not fun. It's not even so much that it's going to take X amount of time. It was just like. I don't really like this environment or the, and, and I'm, and I'm not really into like the, the grindiness of this stuff, mm-hmm. but oh, yeah. I Again, don't know. Uh, I, I did put that caveat on for a reason. I'm never going to play this shit because yeah. I don't care, yeah. but, but it is interesting <laughs> from an academic perspective. It's super yeah. interesting. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And watching people, you know, try and figure it out and like the community all coming together and, you know, to do like, you know, so, thousands or however many people, cause everyone had like a different symbol and they changed and stuff like so that. Yeah. I, I can only imagine the the biggest community that contributed was probably the stadia one. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it, was, it couldn't have done it without stadia. All, all like 20. And I should say or whatever. A lot of my frustration is very much just like, well, I didn't find out about it until it was too late and they planned it for a week that oh, I yeah. was out of town. So like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But a lot of it is selfish. Then, it's not it's, even like real yeah, criticism. You, yeah, well, it was two weeks. It was the week before you went out of town. So sure, it was. But the conclusion was after the that. conclusion was when you when you were out. Basically, yeah. yeah. Uh, but even then, like, so, but that was only for the corridors of time. The people, anyone else, like, will be able to get that weapon starting on Tuesday. They'll just be able to get the quest. They don't have to go through the corridors of time. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but again, that weapon's not great. So I think like the comparison I always go back to making is um, the the Warframe one which has some crazy ass shit in it that when it came out was like, holy, like it, like, yeah, it like did this kind of stuff to the community, not in terms of collaborative like effort, but in terms of, Oh my God, everyone's talking about this wild ass thing, but you can just go and play it. Like it's all in there. There's nothing in, you can play, you can install Warframe today and play through all of the content that has been added over the years. And I think that's like, yeah, more, I would say, Yeah, I would say that the corridors of time, like it, it was a cool community event that just happened to have happened, but it's yeah. like nowhere near the level of like the Whisper side quest or like Zero Hour or like these other quests that are in the game and you can just go sure. play. Yeah, that are available. And, and ultimately, they're anyone, doing anyone better with that do. than some people, some some studios yeah. have. Like and those things are theoretically never going to go away because yeah. they're. Which is metal cool. weapons and whatnot. Yeah. Um, so there, there's still really cool stuff you can go yeah, do, yeah. but they're trying to manufacture like it's part of the growing pains of switching to free to play. Totally. Yeah. They're trying to manufacture like, oh, you had to be there. You had to come to this. And if you weren't there, then you don't know or you and any, get to experience this big event. And any frustration I have is like it's it exists. But also, I think that it's a very good shooter that has. Yeah that is really cool and looks really great and has a really cool set of lore. So like 
I certainly don't mean to sound like I'm like right. hating on Destiny. We, it's just a very uh, specific. It's like the one thing I don't like about it. We, we did it. <laughs> we hit. We hit the 22 minutes and 22 seconds of talking about Destiny two. That's all the twos. I all think right. we're done. That's all right. <laughs> and yeah, on. Uh oh, it's not February. Dang. All right. Twenty twenty. Oh one. Yeah. Twenty five. Uh, <laughs> I maxed out my battle pass. I can't stop playing. Uh, even though I should, I should be playing other things. Uh, but Destiny's fine. Yeah, that's it. I, I I'm still enjoying it. But I, just, I thought as soon as I maxed out my battle pass, I'd be able to like walk away a bit more. But I keep going back. By comparison, they uh, guild. This is not about Destiny, so we're allowed to to add this addendum. Um, <laughs> guild Wars Two at one point, um, there was an in-game event that was available for like, like it was literally like you had to be there. As in, it occurred. Mm-hmm. And if you weren't playing the game, you missed it. I mean, where, like World of Warcraft has done that too. You know what and else it was has done like that? Fortnite. A dragon yeah. descended, but so the difference here is that like a dragon descended from the heavens, and like the dragons in Guild Wars are like, there's only so many of them, and ostensibly when it's done, there's no more Guild Wars to do because the whole of the game is about fighting the dragons, and. A lot of them are like world bosses that are repeatable events. I think maybe this event was available for like a full weekend or something, Mm -hmm. but a dragon descended from the heavens. No one knew it was going to happen. And then you had to fight it. And it like changed, literally changed the landscape of the game world. And it shifted the narrative completely. And it was just like, had to be there. And it's like, (laughs) are you kidding me? It was like, it was like if it was like, if you only got to play the ending to like, it was like if you only got to play the heiress dying in Final Fantasy VII moment if you played it within like a week of the game releasing, and yeah. then that part is just gone forever. I can't and, believe and you just spoiled the hottest release of 2020. Guild Wars Two. That game's yeah. not coming out in 2020. It's never coming out. Come on. And then there was, and then there was a black hole, and Marshmallow played a concert. The thing yeah. about Fortnite is like <laughs> wild shit happens in Fortnite just randomly. But it's rarely consequential. Like no. it's cool, um, but there's the, no narrative the, really. The happening black hole there. was pretty. I think that was a really funny way for them to mask their server. Oh, totally. It was cool. <laughs> I think but that I was wasn't. I primo. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't mad about it because it's not like there's some rich narrative and lore to Fortnite. So yeah. like, do weird shit in your game that doesn't have a story. I don't care about that. That's yeah. how. That's how you had to be there. Moments should work, kind of like totally. And everyone was there because no one would stop talking about it. Every <laughs> news story, like probably CNN or some shit, was running news stories about it. Yeah. Do you the 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 Star Wars shit though was bad. That was dumb. Which, oh, in Fortnite. Oh, the oh, fact that there's oh, a yeah, like, yeah, that yeah. The, the glider is, and all that. No, can no, I, no. Did, that there is literally okay. So what? Alex, at the beginning. Okay, we have to. There's going to be Star Wars spoilers. This is minor, minor. Ones, this is yeah. spoilers for the very, very beginning. Like, like the literally opening the opening crawl. crawl. Yeah. Okay. Literally, the first words in the opening crawl Fortnite. of the Rise of Skywalker Ninja. are the dead speak. Exclamation and point. Yeah, and it's refer and it's talking about Palpatine being back. Okay, but the dead speaking was an event in Fortnite. <laughs> so it was like Palpatine <laughs> sent out his message yeah. in Fortnite. God, if you were in Fortnite, you got place. to hear the only place you could hear Palpatine basically saying like, <sighs> so, "I'm alive, I'm wait, alive." So how, I lived, bitch. <laughs> how long is it going to take for Disney to purchase Epic? Because that's now two Disney properties that Fortnite has been like 
part of because like wasn't it in G- the Avengers and Avenger, uh, well it, it wasn't was in the Avengers the no because it was in the Avengers it was, oh, it was, wasn't, uh, wasn't, the wasn't okay. Thor playing Korg Fortnite or whatever, or whatever? Yes, 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 uh, yes he was, he was yelling Taika, at New Master sixty nine yeah, yeah. Um, the other worst thing this is like this is um, <laughs> slightly more spoilery I won't I won't talk about specifics Star Wars but there is a moment incoming. there is a moment that is particularly dumb in the Rise of Skywalker. Oh, just one. Uh, oh, my dog uh, is. Um, well, there's many. My dog's kind of freaking out. So I'll, I'll say this and then mute. Um, they, there is a moment in The Rise of Skywalker that is very dumb where a person is like, nah, fam, I'll be back with some help and then comes back and it's stupid. Um, well, OK, I'll take your word on that apparently, one. Apparently anyone who's seen the movie knows what I'm talking about. Oh, right. Uh, the, apparently yeah, I heard about this. And this is a minor spoiler if you're planning a trip to Galaxy's Edge, too. So don't. So ignore this. Pause for 30 seconds. Apparently, skip ahead. That <laughs> sequence happens no, 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 in a ride at Galaxy's Edge. <laughs> okay, that's dumb. You can see the message they send. I was gonna say, yeah. If you're gonna pause, uh, pause, go to Galaxy's Edge, experience this, and then come back to the podcast. Uh-huh. It sounds awful. <laughs> that sounds anyway. very dumb, though. Yes, it's the multimedia. Yeah, but, it's a thing. Yeah, I'll be right back. Okay, uh, it's yeah. Talk about uh, that some more. No, uh, video video games are <laughs> no. are wild. Uh, I I really hope Bungie kind of figures their shit out uh, and like starts using their power, their puzzle making prowess for for good or I don't know, for but uh, not evil. I, they, they do use it for good. It's I just wish the rewards for that one were better. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Y'all, you still playing that uh, uh, Tokyo Mirage sessions? I actually haven't played any of it, so that might be a good pat thing. But one thing I have been doing okay. that we can talk for like a minute about, yeah, is the Witcher television series. Oh yeah, yeah, hell yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not finished yet. We just finished episode six. Okay, uh, you're almost there. Yeah, we've been doing like an episode a night over the past, well, you know, six days. Uh, yeah, uh, and missed last night because I was teaching someone music stuff, but. Um, it's an interesting series. Like I, I played Witcher one and two. I have not read any of the books. I have not played Witcher three, um, and it's really interesting because this is, it, it it is kind of a uh, prequel in a manner of speaking. Uh, it's yeah, it's ba- well, yeah, it's based on the books, not the games, because the games take place after the books, right? Uh, but it's also like adapting and changing the stories, but also yeah. like yeah, it's. It's yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's based cool. on the books. Yeah, like there's there is an event which occurs where a main character from uh you know the games at least and I haven't read the books but uh mm-hmm. dies or is has his body replaced. And, I, and the, I watched the, the show and the, now the, I'm trying the, to the one <laughs> it might involve a mouse in his name and uh you know he, he leads Siri through a forest. Oh yeah, he di- oh. like he he's a major character in oh, the game. No, that's well, not major, but uh, he exists in the games. I, I think that's a different character. Is it? Okay, I think I think so. Okay, well, maybe I'm mistaken then. But but yeah, it is changing story beats from what I would have expected. Mm, and yes. um, I would say the first two episodes of that show are kind of mediocre, like not mediocre, but just like uh, very dry and maybe not reaching the potential mm-hmm. but after that it, it starts picking up and it's getting gets a little better 
like that first episode, I just felt like Henry Cavill was like too happy to be there and like in the <laughs> role. Like it felt like he couldn't. He was like trying to like conceal a smile the entire time. Like he was just so yeah, giddy to I be doing it. And like he really uh, like I think he does like pulls off the role pretty well. Um, yes, he does the voice well. Uh, there is a like a story. Apparently, his costumer. I uh, was very oh, angry because his yep. muscles kept like tearing through the costume. Yep. His pecs were too powerful and ruined the costumes. Yeah. Uh, but so that's very funny. Yeah, we don't know. I, I still haven't finished it, so we don't have to talk about it much more, but it, it is good. It is qualitatively good. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it, watch it. It very much reminds me of like late nineties, early two thousands fantasy TV in its production. So yeah, it's, yeah, there are like, moments when they bump up, bump up against their budget, and you're like, "Oh!" Especially when some CGI yeah, happens, and you're just like, oh, "Oh, okay." But anyways, yeah. we'll continue. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not like Netflix kind of does that. Like they're not like, "Oh, we need the highest production value." Stranger Things uh, even has occasional moments where the CGI is like, "That's not real." But is, yeah, the Stranger Things also has moments where the CGI is exceptional, but yeah. I would say yeah. none of the CGI in this has yet been exceptional. It, well, in terms of like characters that they show, like some of the CGI of like making environments look enormous has been good, but yeah. But it's also perfect. I love it. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. I don't really have any complaints. <laughs> like as far as like the aesthetic, I think it I think it really works. That's, yeah, that's totally what I want. I want like early 2000s sci-fi, which is what I've heard, like sci-fi channel. Yeah, which yeah. Is what I've yeah. heard it, like Xena. It, it, yeah, Zena and Conan, and I would say the episode I just watched, the sixth one, uh, the Which one is it, that? it involves the dragon. Uh, okay, yeah, I would say as a standalone episode, that was probably probably the best of the lot thus far, and I think it would have yeah. made like you could make a case for that, like if you expanded that, making a pretty decent little movie, like it was good. Yeah. Uh, and the uh, the sword fighting and like action oh, totally. is very good. Yeah, the choreography uh, is great. Like, yeah, they like they're really doing it. Uh, like they don't like it's kind of this became super apparent to me uh, with like Daredevil versus Iron Fist it was just the way they shot those sequences. Daredevil would do like the very long takes in their fight sequences. Like, you know, yeah. I think at least twice they did like the multi minute take, like one take yeah. uh, fight oh, yeah. scene. And with then the if you watch Iron Fist, Iron Fist, they would just cut constantly to try and like mask the like i don't know if it was like shoddy like choreography or just like weird cinematography but yeah very solid uh action in uh and it's like looks very cool it's not like game of thrones where every strike is like super heavy and looks like they're gonna die when they do it this is more it's 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 very fanciful and uh you know kind of comic book actiony but it's yep. like shot very well and they're really doing all that action. And as you would expect from The Witcher for those who have played the games, probably read the books, there's a lot of shades of gray and the best part about it is the characters. Uh, I thought sorry, you were going to say there's lots of nudity. Well, there's also yeah, well, I, I, I thought I thought shades of gray was like a was a nod at the no. nudity. Well, I mean more morally but there is shades of flesh. There is a couple scenes where there's a lot of there's, shades of there's, boobs. There's there's a lot of that that one scene with uh, where they intru- yeah, where where is, yeah where they kind of introduce a character mean. to another character yeah is, that it's, that scene is very funny it was very dumb <laughs> I mean remind <laughs> there's a yeah. there's a quest in The Witcher three where this isn't even a spoiler because it's a side quest but yeah. like there's a quest in The Witcher three where you can get drunk with your buddies and then like 
go mess with the communication mirror that one of the the yeah. sorceresses uses and like you're like drunk dialing yeah. one of Yennefer's friends and stuff. And it's <laughs> That's like pretty funny, actually <laughs> very funny without actually like being as like shitty and offensive as a sequence like that could be. It's yeah. actually just very funny because she's like immediately is like, Oh my God. And like knows what's going on and is way smarter than any of the people when oh. sober are. who are involved. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's very funny. But yeah. Anyways, uh, which TV series Mark- good. Mark Hamill might be Vesemir in season two. Ooh, cool. That's a good, that's they, a good, that's good casting. Someone, it's not been like, they haven't cast the role yet, Ooh. but someone was like, someone added like the, the creator and Mark Hamill and like, Hey, make Mark Hamill Vesemir. And Mark Hamill was like, I don't know who this is, but sure. I'll do it. And then the, <laughs> the, the director is like, uh, yeah, like they, they put the, the side eyes emoji <laughs> as a reply uh, God, that and they've be been asked about it to say, we, we haven't started the cast it yet, but, uh, working with Mark would be great. Yeah. So. He's, a little, he's a little bit old for Vesemir at that uh, moment in time, but yeah, I mean, if he doesn't, I th- he could do it. They could just like 20 years before which Witcher's age a lot. Yeah. Like in the game True. in Witcher three, he's like, you're almost a century old to Geralt. So yeah, and I he know. trained Geralt. And, so Vesemir's old. Yeah. And you he could just, just pull out the Irishman and CGI him to be younger. That I'd be yeah, fine with. Yeah, I just I feel like in the Witcher one, um, which is several years prior to the Witcher three, mm-hmm. maybe not several years, but in the Witcher one, the characters look much younger than they do in the Witcher three. Mm-hmm. And well, that's also because the Witcher one kind of looks bad, but, eh, but, but, <laughs> but like the yeah. show is set significantly yeah. prior to the yeah. Witcher, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like the first and second games. So I don't know, but I, they'll make, they can make it work and that's really good casting. So they could get around it for yeah. that. Yeah. And hey, oh, sorry. Go sorry. Ahead. No, I have mine is a pivot. So if so there's mine, any other thoughts about the Witcher, mine is a small okay. pivot. Which pivot do we want to go for? Well, want to so, rock, paper, scissors it? No, uh, <laughs> sure. Okay. Three, t- rock, rock, paper, scissors. scissors. <laughs> I can't, I can't, there's like a delay okay, in the we, camera, so okay. I can't not Pat, cheat. Pat, go for it. What's your pivot? And then Andre so will pick the better I found pivot. Out, it's a very short pivot. Okay. I found out that there's a 2001 French film called Brotherhood of the Wolf that's basically a Bloodborne movie. Oh, cool. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to find a way to watch that because um it looks really fucking cool. It's all like okay. practical effects and stuff, but it seems like it was a pretty like it had a 29 million dollar budget, hmm. which is not a shitload of money, no, but in 2001 dollars that's for practical effects. It's not like a like a like a tiny little like Yeah. You know, like I saw some of the monster effects and they reminded me of the thing in terms mm-hmm. of their like okay. production quality. Uh, and it's like, like, I'm going to put the trailer or the, not the trailer, the, uh, the poster in the podcast chat. Um, it, sure. the characters are like, oh yeah. Oh, that <laughs> is a bloodborne movie. <laughs> it is like, like, uh, and the monsters too, like the little bit of shots oh. I've seen of the monsters yeah. <laughs> and like. It's the plot is loosely based on a real life series of killings that took place in France in the 18th century and the famous legend of the beast of Gévaudan. Parts of the film were shot at Chateau. I can't say a lot of these words. Alex could read it. Um, I don't want to butcher it. The film has several extended swashbuckling fight scenes, martial arts performances. Uh, the special effects for creatures are a combination of computer generated imagery as well as puppetry and animatronics designed by Jim Henson's creature shop. 
Hmm. Um, but it's also like R rated and like scary. Um, huh. So I'm pretty excited to watch that. Hopefully this weekend. I don't know how to acquire it, but uh, yeah. So if you want to watch a Bloodborne movie and it has good reviews too, it got a 72% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, so like, it's not a like shit movie either. So uh, I'm, yeah. I'm going to watch a French film this weekend. Yeah. Right. And, and my pivot was going to be, uh, if we're talking about pretty good TV shows, if not really good TV shows, uh, it was confirmed that Watchmen is not getting a second season. Yeah, it's a bummer. Which uh, it's a bummer, it, but so, also I think yeah. it's for the best. It sounds like a second season could happen, but they're not like chomping at the bit to do one because they don't have an idea for it. Well, what they and said Damon was, Lindelof doesn't want to do it, and HBO currently doesn't want to go forward without him. Yeah, they could change their mind though. So, yeah, it could happen, but it doesn't seem like they're like, oh, we need another one. Yeah, yeah, it, it seems it seems like there's probably not going to be a second season yeah. at least at least anytime, not anytime, anytime soon. soon. But I think the way that season wrapped up, that's totally fine because it's it works very well as just a self-contained thing. Apart from the mystery of Lube Man, but apart from that, it's yeah. Luden's fan, Death Stranding, you say? <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. I have a rule: uh, we're not talking about Death Stranding in 2020. What's wrong with Death Stranding? Nothing. I like that game. Well, actually, that's not true. There are some things wrong with it, but I mean, well, yeah, uh, but also, I like it. Pull off your toenails. I didn't. New decade. I, new I decade. Never... New games. Oh yeah, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> How's uh, how's Dark Souls treating you? Uh, pretty well. Last time I played, I one shotted the what is it? Ko Demon, the 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 guy with the dogs, the Kako Demon from Doom. Uh, Are we talking about Ka- Doom Eternal? Kako Demon, sick. Uh, I forget his name. He's like the guy with the skull skull head, and yeah, he has the yeah, huge yeah. cleaver. Yeah, yeah. I uh, that guy. I when I first played that game, that guy almost made me uninstall it, and I yeah, killed him one rough. time. So he's rough. Anyway. But I knew the stairs trick this time. You gotta do uh, you gotta yeah. use the stairs trick. Yeah. So, yeah. So, gotta, so, 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 we got, well, actually, Pat has been playing a new game. Exactly. Yeah. That's what we were waiting for. Because you had stepped away to, to, to go pet your dog. Assist with the, with the, the dog started freaking out. Yeah. It's good now. I played so, a little bit of this too. And I have not played any of it this week, but played a decent amount of it last week. Oh. Wow. Uh, Pat, how about you tell us about Legends of Runeterra? Oh. <laughs> I was going to say, Alex oh, we get to play Legends of Runeterra. Uh, no, uh, we can talk about t- Tokyo Mirage sessions too, but that, you know, I don't he really said 2020, no old games. Exactly. So. Okay. Uh, also, I don't have a lot of thoughts on Tokyo Mirage sessions other than it seems cool. The intro, the intro song fucking is fucking awesome. Yeah. It really like songs. Are I'm going to awesome. watch when we're done recording, watch the intro again. Cause yep. it's really good. Yes. It um, is. Uh, like, <laughs> I think like yeah. I got more fired up watching that intro sequence than I have while having playing most games in 2019. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the intro sequence to that game got me like my blood pumping more than the ending of dishonored, which is an incredibly good video game, perhaps one of the best of the decade. Uh, and yet um, there's something about the specific song in Tokyo Mirage sessions with that uh, imagery that works really well. Um, yeah. I don't know. It seems cool. It's like a persona game. And Persona games it, are good. It, so. it starts much faster. Like, yes, that part's and good. And it's just generally much faster. There's no like daily schedule. Like, oh, I gotta 
go and I can study and then the cat's going to make me go to bed. It's just, and, you can, you're uh, free to do what you the, want. And, and I do like to the, uh, the, that, that you can switch the difficulty at any time. Yes. Um, cause I started playing it on hard. It sounds like Andre, there's some bits and pieces that are maybe too hard on hard. Uh, um, like, unless you really want to farm, which I, I don't want to grind, but I yeah, do want, I do I, want the basic encounters to be in, mm-hmm. enjoyable and not just like fodder too. So, so yeah, I, so being able to switch back and forth is cool. So I was just stuck on a bu- boss at the end of the second dungeon. Um, and so I was like, okay, I'm not able to beat it. I've tried like two or three times on hard. I'll knock it down to medium and I still couldn't beat it. So I was like, okay, I guess I have to go farm. Uh, oh, that's fine. So used to, yeah, but so then I beat it on hard. So it's not it's, like if you put in the, and I didn't have to farm a lot. Yeah. It's just, you know, I don't I mind to having to do to a little level. bit of that. Like that's just JRPGs, but yeah. it's, I don't want it to be like extreme difficulty where I have to, farm for 10 hours before I can advance the plot. Yeah. You know, uh, it, I, I enjoy the, like, you know, figuring out, okay, what is my, what is my strategy here? And the way they have the session, the way the sessions work is yeah, really it's, interesting. It's interesting. Um, the, the only problem I have with it in the, like two hours that I played on the mm-hmm. plane um, was, I feel like the music is so strong in that opening moment. And then once you're in the game, it's kind of just like, yeah it's kind of generic like jrp jrpg or generic ish yeah for a game compared to like its music is like like it is playing with the music industry and obviously idol there's way more to it than that but that's a big part of of idol the idol world is the music part um some would argue maybe that's the most important part um and so i kind of wish that like they could just play that opening song that slaps a whole lot in the battles. I would not complain about that. Yeah. Um, uh, and then I can turn, just let me turn it off if it gets repetitive. Yeah. Cause the music I that they agree. did choose is repetitive from like the first time you hear it. So, um, but yeah. that's a very minor complaint because I will play a lot of that game with podcasts on or whatever. So I also think that kind of ties into my kind of singular complaint with it so far, which is that parts of it feel real old. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Just just some interactions you have and just like the way you're interacting with the world sometimes feels like a JRPG from the mid 2000s to late, you know. Yeah. But it also it, is like it's playing with Fire Emblem aesthetics for the character designs, which are yeah. not as interesting as Personas, frankly. Yeah. But um, they're still cool looking. There's nothing wrong with yeah. that. But. You, you unlock costumes. You can actually get a Joker costume. Yeah, I saw Joker that. From That's Persona, cool. not from not from uh, DC. Oh man, what if it was uh, a Joaquin Phoenix's Joker costume? Dances, dances. No, that was that was what they had to cut for the Western release. <laughs> censorship Lic- due to licensing, not censorship. Ah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I was looking up some of the stuff they changed uh, for like the because like the Japanese version had some stuff that like like they changed ages for the Western release. They changed some of the like the second dungeon is like a photographer based thing and there's like some photo shoot stuff and apparently in the Japanese version it was all like bikini photos but in the western and this version of the game it's all just like they're just like regular model photos in like I modest clothing that. but then uh Kyria uh, is just like you could see her thong at all times is just like peeking up over her skirt yeah I mean, if she's, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's her aesthetic. It's just, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a, there's a weird, I don't know. I read in a review about how like there's a whole subplot that involves the main character teaching another character how to like pick up women 
which is like uh, probably weird. And I mean, it, the, to some extent, games like the Yakuza series get into some of that stuff too. But it feels like the tone in the Yakuza series is always like very tongue in cheek and, yes, and self aware. Like, and act good-hearted in nature. That's really it, what it, it comes is, down to. It's always like uh, Kiryu is always a sweetheart uh, yeah. deep down, like, and and even yeah. Majima, who is not a sweetheart, he's like, mm-hmm. like yeah, Majima he, runs like a a hostess club, but like I think it's Majima. Maybe it's just Kiryu who does it, but I think Majima. No, does Majima, in, but in, like uh, it zero. seems like he cares about the women that work there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, I mean the whole. I mean, you like the the way to do well in the mini game in that mini game is to have a good conversation with the women and actually talk to them yeah, about so, their lives. And so I don't know. It's it's I, I feel a little weird about that stuff in, in TMS, but I have to play it to see what really yeah. is there. Um, it, it's basically a harem game. I My party, I think at this point, is three women who are all like weirdly attracted to me and then one other guy. Yeah, that's a little weird, but I, I would rather like the, the nice thing, at least, is that like that this conversation is happening or as probably 15 years ago, it wouldn't no one would have even like, well, I mean, plenty of people would have, but yeah. I would not even necessarily have gone like, oh, yeah, wow, sure. maybe there's something weird here. Uh, and you probably wouldn't see as many articles about it. They'd be hidden away on like mm-hmm. paste and, and medium. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm having a really good time. I think the combat is very good. Yeah. Uh, it's, and I appreciate that they just roll right into it and there's not so much downtime because you can just be going at all times. Totally. Thus and far, there, you don't get locked out of stuff based on like, oh, I finished chapter two, so now I can't, I think, I've done like kind of everything as it's shown up, but I believe uh, they kind of say like, oh, you don't have to worry too much about like losing access to like stuff. So if you want to like wait and do something later, you can. So like, oh, this side quest showed up in chapter two, but I'm on chapter three. I can still go back and do that side yeah. quest. Yeah. Uh, it's cool. So. Is Tsubasa wearing glasses for you? Uh, yes, I chose. To, uh, uh, it's like, uh, I had uh, it just seems like she'd wear glasses and, it, and it, you can change that at any time too. It chose for me and it chose no. Yeah. It chose for me and it chose yes. So there is randomness. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Confirmed. Yep. RNG works. Anyways, uh, new, yeah, new video games for 2020. Yeah, it's uh, the yeah, hottest and, uh, and freshest the, and newest of video games. It's not League out. We're talking about old games and legends and games that aren't out. Uh, 2009's yeah. League of Legends. Oh, is it only 2000? I guess. Jeez. Yeah, because I was thinking about I, that was the only game of the decade to me that was like competitive with Minecraft in my head mm-hmm. as like one worth saying maybe is as influential. Um mm-hmm. Uh, but it technically didn't release. I mean, its yeah. influence was primarily in the 2010s, but it yeah. didn't release it's, in the 2010s. It's just, it's, I always think it released earlier because I got into it and like, totally. I played it like I got two into years it, before it the like release date. 2009 or like I was playing it in high school yeah. and I thought I played it earlier than 2000. I, but I started in like I mean, 2008. The beta so ran for like two two years. I, I didn't think I started at the beginning though. Like I thought it had been out for a little bit, but yeah. I still yeah. remember those days fondly. But when, yeah. Uh, anyway, Legends of Runeterra is a new video game that is set in the League of Legends Runeterra universe. The, the land of Runeterra. Yeah. The land, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's uh, what, what is it, Pat? 
digital trading card game. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I'm, I don't even know. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's one of them. Yep, it's one of them. But it's also one of them that does things like, in a sense, it almost does things more differently than Artifact. Like it, it, it definitely, um, the the structure of the turns is such that, um, it actually like, and the way they've put all the pieces together, it really does create a very different. Um, game flow, and it makes it's, you think very differently than it's than, a very it's a call and response kind of gameplay. And but you and yeah, like it does. There's core things. I guess we should say like at a base level, it's a trading card game, digital trading card game. Well, um, not trading card, collectible card. Well, collectible card. Yeah, because um, you well, you can't trade them. Yeah. Um, but but it 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 also does away with a lot of like tropes of the digital CCG genre like you can buy you buy the cards directly you don't buy packs of random cards which Mm -hmm. is cool i will say that the more i think about it the more i think given that it's a little weird that it's like there's epic rare and common cards when it's really just like they cost more than each other you can uh, also get them from like playing the game so yeah but it's always like you get one epic card and four common cards Eh, well yeah maybe that's just from like the tutorial or whatever i don't know how much you've played i've only done the like a couple i got through the whole prologue track okay um and i'm about a four a quarter of the way into the demacia progression okay um when you finish the prologue track which is structured kind of like a battle pass but it's not a time limited thing and you don't have to buy anything um when you get through the prologue track, you can then get to uh, a there's there's like a different track for each region that has 20 levels and you can switch them at any time. But the rewards mm-hmm. are kind of based on that region. Um, yeah. Cards for that region and whatnot. But I it, wonder it, what that'll look like once you finish all that, like the early stuff and then like what their daily and like mission kind I of would suspect, rollout of stuff will be. I would suspect they will add a battle pass that uses that exact Probably. same UI. And Maybe. you can level the the existing stuff or the battle pass and just pick the current season. But I don't know. Either way, um, it is still structured more fairly than opening random packs. I mathed it out yes. and it's like $450 to buy all the cards if you didn't have any free ones. Mm-hmm. But you get a lot of free ones. So it's probably, I mean, I've probably gotten like a good $60 mm-hmm. in cards from that just by and, playing it a bunch. Yeah. And you buy the starter pack, which is like five bucks right now. It's 75% off. And that gets you like 66 cards. Yeah. So, so I don't mean to, it's, the value is fine. I think and it's, yeah. it's the kind of game where it's designed where you will like see something another player does and go, Oh crap. I want to be able to do that. And then go spend mm-hmm. like 15 or $20 on cards to be able to build yeah. the deck that you saw them playing rather. And than, you can only spend so much per day, which is uh, yeah, an you interesting can, you can only uh i think it's per week actually um uh it's oh yeah yeah it's per it's, you, you can, can only, only buy get, like, so many cards, cards per week you can buy as much of the currency as you want but you can only yeah. get unlock a certain number of cards per week which about like um, 25 dollars worth per yeah. week uh so it's 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 the progression and stuff doesn't feel predatory to me it feels smart and mm-hmm. interesting and like the, the unlocking cards um gameplay wise when you first look at it it looks a fuck ton like hearthstone Yes, um, very much. I was pretty worried about up, leading up to release because Hearthstone is a very, very simple game that is pretty much solved. Um, so right now at this point in Hearthstone, it's pretty much just a RNG based thing. Like it's all just about. Is your hand good or not? 
Yeah, like you, everyone plays the same decks. There's like three to five different decks that are in the meta at any given time. And it's just a question of is your is the matchup favorable to you and do you draw the right cards? Um, it's not hard to hit the skill cap in Hearthstone and always know what the right play is. Um, so I was worried seeing Runeterra gameplay at first without really paying attention to what was going on, that it was going to be like that. And for all I know, in a month, we may come back and go like, yep, it's that. But <laughs> after a day of playing it, it feels a lot more complex than Hearthstone, primarily because there's a lot of player interaction which is something that Hearthstone is lacking. When your opponent does something, there's not really anything you can do to stop it in Hearthstone. You can play like a taunting minion to keep your opponent from using a yeah. huge attack minion on you, but there's no, Hey, wait, stop what you're doing. I'm, I have a counter to that. It's, yeah. it's like you've activated my trap card. Yeah, that's it. It's like, it's trap cards and stuff like that. So in, um, in Runeterra, there's a thing called, like there's there's a stack like in magic where you can actually like respond to what your opponent's doing. More importantly, though, like at a base level, it does the same thing as Hearthstone in that you have mana crystals that fill up one per turn and you use that mana to pay for units and spells that you play onto the board. Spells have direct effects and units are like creature like characters that stick around. There's a secondary spell mana yep. bar that uh, that's worth three. If, if you, you don't spend your yeah. summoning mana, it translates into spell mana, but you can use your regular mana to use spells, but you can't yeah. use spell mana to summon like creatures or whatever. It's, or it's a smart mechanic to make you feel less like, you know, in Hearthstone, if you're not using all of your mana each turn, it's 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 considered inefficient. It's kind of like resource yeah. use and APM in Starcraft. Um, so in Runeterra, it's a much more strategic resource because you can you can sit on spell mana for a turn or two and to, to be able to cast a spell and combo it with other stuff. Um, the biggest thing though is uh, it is um, most of these games are what's called you go, I go, which is mm-hmm. where you take your turn, you do your attacks and everything you play your cards and then it's my turn to take a turn and play attacks and all, all my cards in Runeterra it's round based and each round someone has the attack token. Mm-hmm. And when you have the attack token, you can attack. Otherwise though, you're alternating actions back and forth. Um, so I play a creature, then you get a chance to play a card. I play a spell, then you get a chance to play a card. I attack and then you get a chance to, to play a card or respond some way. Like in defend some way. or whatever. And when, what the attacking is, is it's like, I have the attack token and I say, now I'm attacking and I put my attackers forward and then you put your blockers forward and now that's the attack. There's not going to be any other attacks unless I have some card that grants me. There's an ability called rally yeah. that gives yeah, me an you attack get, token. Yeah, you know, in between there, by putting the blockers down, putting attackers down, you can put a spell down to yeah do something. So it it which is structured similarly to magic rather than Hearthstone. Hearthstone mm-hmm. is a you choose what you're attacking. Magic is a you choose what's blocking. Um, mm-hmm. But what it means is that like you can have rounds where it's like well. I'm sitting on a really powerful card and if I play it, I'll be able to attack with it this round. Cause there's no concept of summoning sickness where you have to wait a turn to use your attacks. But if I play it, it gives my opponent a chance to do an action and I already have a pretty solid board. So if I just attack now right off the bat and at the beginning of the round, then I actually might have a chance to do more to their board and control it more. So it means that the game is, is very, control heavy without making it impossible to play different kinds of, of decks. 
Um, like you could still play an aggro deck, but even aggro decks are more about controlling the flow of the game than they would be in something like Hearthstone, where it's just like, I got to draw my, got to get the right draws and do the right thing on each turn. And if I do that, I win, um, which is very interesting. There's also other little mechanics like um, champion cards. Uh, they can level up. Yeah. Uh, based on doing different conditions. So like Garen, uh, who does, who's classic spin to win character. Uh, he, if he hits, if he attacks twice or if he's hit twice, if he strikes, stri- twice. Struck, if he strikes twice, he levels up, he gets like bonus health and damage. Uh, Trindamir, if he dies, he then levels up and gets like a bunch of more, a bunch more damage, uh, stuff like that. Yeah. My, the one I still haven't been able to get and it makes for this. So this is the thing I realized last night. That's part of why I'm loving it so much is it creates a narrative every time you play like Hearthstone feels like two people trying to achieve their win condition. It's, it's like it, and it's, and that's actually how magic feels too, even though magic is a better game. Um, what I think is so cool about Runeterra. And again, this is a feeling that might go away in a month, but it feels like you're telling a story almost in the same way that you do with a league match where like early game for me, I'm tr- like, there's a Fiora is one of my favorite league characters and she has a card in Runeterra. When you play her, she has an ability called challenger, which means she can choose the enemy that she fights when she attacks instead of your opponent getting to select who's blocking her and her condition to level up is to kill two enemies. So uh, she's a pretty cheap card. You can play her pretty early in the game. I've never been able to level her up because um, obviously your opponent wants to keep that from happening. So suddenly um, you know, I play her, I get to attack with her. She gets one of the kills she needs. She still has a couple of health left. So it's looking like next turn, I might be able to, 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 um, level her up because she's pretty powerful when she's leveled up. Now my opponent is like, I'm not holding on to these cards that might've been win condition cards for me in, in a hearthstone match. Mm-hmm. I need to stop Fiora from leveling up. So I need to kill Fiora. And so it makes for a much more like back and forth, like, not two people playing their Carstone is very much two people playing their decks to try to win. Whereas this game is, has a lot more player interaction and a lot more like what your opponent is doing affects you more. Um, and uh, it's, it's pretty cool so far. I think there's some stuff that's pretty broken right now. Like I played against an Anivia deck last night. That was just like, basically like you cannot, Anivia does two damage to your entire board when she attacks yeah, and if, AOE and if, damage, baby. And if you're and if you're and she does three damage to whoever she's attacking, which was very funny because I had a leveled up Braum who spawns a mighty Poro every time he survives damage. So he was spawning two <laughs> mighty Poros per turn because Anivia would deal her damage to him and her AOE damage and then attack him. That's uh, very funny. <laughs> but and it for a, but for a while we were at just a total stalemate because also when Anivia dies, if you're at max mana, which we both were, she mm-hmm. turns into an egg and then yep. respawns the next turn. So it's impossible yep. to kill her. Um, and uh, so ultimately, like it was just this like dumb back and forth of the same thing happening over and was over this again against AI or another no, player, it was another player. And then uh, and then uh, ultimately they drew a card that was just a like seven mana drop that allowed them to kill a unit and they killed Braum. And then mm-hmm. with that kill a unit card and then they won. And that mm-hmm. felt bad. That game was like, it was funny at first, but then it was like, this is really dumb 
we're each drawing a, tur- a card per turn and like nothing is happening until you yeah. draw through the card you needed. And it had that feel of like whoever draws the card they need first is going to win. So I think there's stuff they need to balance some and change. Uh, elusive units also are like really fucking powerful because they can only be blocked by units that have elusive. So mm-hmm. it feels like one of those things. It's like unless you're playing if you're playing an elusive deck. And your opponent doesn't have elusive creatures and like mm-hmm. as many as you have, it seems like you just are going to win because there's elusive characters that do like five damage. So or have like a ton of like removal. spells that do damage, and which stuff I like haven't that. seen a lot of cards that have a lot of removal. I've mm-hmm. been trying to counter it by playing Demacian cards that oftentimes have challenger and let you attack specific units. But like I've played against decks that are like all elusive units and then abilities that, that cause frostbite, which give enemies mm-hmm. zero, zero attack. attack yeah. So it's like, and every time I try to attack their elusive units, they have a handful of frostbite cards and they're just like, Nope, Nope, Nope. So there are parts of that in that game that feel like hyper frustrating. There's mm-hmm. matches where I'm just like, this is fucking bullshit. And it's, then I'm not having a good time, but a lot of that is stuff that is very, it's not a problem with the mechanics of the game. It's just that they need to do some balance work on how some of those things work. And the game has been in open beta now for two days. So like, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me that there are some of those balance issues happening right now. And in some ways I kind of trust riot to take a more agile approach to fixing that stuff than blizzard. Uh, so mm-hmm. I'm confident that that stuff will get better. It's uh it's got a good aesthetic. It's the, Oh yeah, the aesthetic. Uh, they and like uh, they've added a lot of like, ca- I guess characters for the cards. It's not all league champs. It's like people from who live in Demacia, who live in Piltover, is on, and, it's, and like the monsters I, and stuff. I didn't realize world. that all their comic books were just free. You can just read them on the legal on the website, um, and you can actually. I got by reading them on my iPad last night, and it didn't suck. Um, a lot of there's actually characters from the comic books and stuff yep. in Runeterra, which is cool. Um, they're not forgetting like where that like where the lore comes from and everything. Yeah. So um, the other cool, the, the last thing that's like interesting mechanically that I noticed there's uh, the these games always have some kind of like draft mode where you're like mm-hmm. building a deck. Hearthstone's is kind of notoriously not great because it's just like you pick a card at a time and out of three choices. And it kind of sucks. Um, Magic just does like basic booster draft style stuff where you're opening packs and passing them to a pile of massive pile of packs that everyone else has discarded. And then you get a pile from a pack from that pile. You're picking like a card at a time. Um, uh, Runeterra has a really interesting system called Expeditions where you actually get like two runs and you build a deck. But from what I can tell it helps you like the choices it gives you are based on the choices you've already made. So the deck you're building, you're not going to like get halfway down building a Demacia Piltover and Zon deck and then get like a Frel Yord card. Or if you do, it'll be like this pick. We're giving you three weird options that may not make sense, mm-hmm. but you basically do 15 picks and you're picking sets of th- two to three cards for those picks. Mm. And then you play when you win a game at different points, like the first win on the track might be now you get to pick another champion card to add to your deck, or it might be here's a shopkeeper, which lets you trade out cards from your deck for other cards that they're offering. 
Um, so it makes it feel like way more. Um, oh, oh, there's a cat behind my monitor that moved my camera. Um, it, it ends up feeling way more like uh, um, evolving and like it's not just like, all right, I got a shitty deck, got to win a bunch of times with it. It's like more of a journey and you have to win. You have to lose twice in a row to get knocked out rather than just two times period. So mm. it means there's a lot of chances to come back to it's, it's a cool mode. Yeah, I, I don't know how deep into it I'll get, but I do want to finish up at least like the tutorial stuff and kind of go down those paths of checking out the other like the decks and building those and see what's up. So far, I've never gotten a quest that's like win a game. It's all like play cards. So mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like you have yeah. to it's win like games do to damage progress. to the nexus and stuff yeah. like that. But you can do those over do that over time. Uh, yeah, it seems neat. Uh, I'm I'm still waiting on team fight tactics on mobile, and then I'll yep, I'll never I'll, I'll be I'll never do anything again. Uh, yeah, it certainly uh, seems like more broadly, Riot is poised to overtake Blizzard as like like there. The, Blizzard is like vacating the spot they held in people's hearts and Riot is in a position to move into that vacated spot in the sense that like they have so many games across multiple genres coming out, but like everything they put out is of a very high quality. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, They're still unproven with most of what they've done or most of what they've got coming. Uh, You know, like they, they did well with team fight tactics, but that was also just within like league and you know that's not to discount the people who worked on it um yeah but then um, and and runeterra again that's very different from league but like once we start getting like the fighting game and uh whatever they're like single player like the other and like they've also done like the publishing deal stuff that they're doing yeah, that's the bigger once question that's, that's yeah weird. once like the once like the less i feel like rune runeterra and like team fight tactics are a good match with league at least as it's current as it currently is and there's nothing wrong with doing like a third person action adventure or whatever they're gonna do it's just it's very different from anything they have done so that's where i'm like "Mm, the only project are they gonna pull it off the only project that they have come down the pipe is that shooter and um fighting are they not doing the are they not doing the game about echo I don't Is believe that so. Else? That's another okay, that's publishing a third party. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So they're doing, there's that Bilgewater game and the Echo game, and those mm-hmm. are both publishing deals. Yeah. Um, not not developed by Riot specifically. Um, it seems so, like yeah. they, they want to do the service games, like Riot themselves want to make the service mm-hmm. games, yeah. and then they're kind of farming out the the I don't even know if farming out's the right term either, though, because it's my understanding well, that studios pitch games to them. Yes, and then yes, they get the green light to do it. So that is what happens. At least that's what they say. Uh, they had like a whole thing about it, but yeah. Uh, but Alex seems wholly uh, enwrapped by this conversation. Yep. <laughs> uh, I don't know. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm interested in what they do with the other games because um, Team Fight Tactics is just auto chess. It's just their response to auto chess. This seems like their their oh, yeah. response to Hearthstone. Like obviously, it's not the same. There are there's changes in yeah. in both of those, but they're very much responses to both of those. But yeah. like, I'm interested in seeing what they I, do with the third person action game because I don't know what they do. I don't, I don't even know if you can call 
I like it is, but I don't even know if you can call Runeterra a response to Hearthstone because it happened. Like, when did Hearthstone yeah. come out? Like, it's, it's happened like so far after. It's kind of like calling Hearthstone a response to Magic: The Gathering. It's just a, it's just a genre that exists. That yeah, and like it, it's definitely it's learned from Hearthstone and maybe that's the other games that are on the market and stuff. It, and it, it's very you know it's operating in that. You know, let's let's card game like yeah. a digital card game space. Let, let's um, swap out the word response and ins- and replace yeah. it with inspired by. Yeah, yeah, uh, but yeah, it's definitely like what does that fighting game actually like when it comes out? What does it actually look like? Totally. Is it a service like type game? Is it a MOBA or is it League of Legends but just on a you know on a two D plane? And they showed like that uh, digital footage, but is it does it like do the Killer Instinct model where it's free to play? Yeah, or is it like a sixty dollars game? You know, who knows? Yeah, again, ac- uh, academically, yeah. it'll be interesting to watch, but I, I'm not too invested. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and I, I get where you're coming from because, like, I think the the fact that they're doing a fighting game is cool, and I'll probably try it, but I, I'm not good at those games, so I don't <laughs> think I. Although I don't know, that's that team that made the that it's Rising it's Thunder, Rising Thunder, and that game was all about being there being for accessible. people who didn't play a lot of fighting games. So. I, I would guess, I would hazard a guess that Riot wants as many people as they can get playing oh, yeah, games. Oh, yeah, for sure. And so I imagine... They would probably that. rather it not be a thing that people are playing at Evo and more yeah. a thing that lots of people are playing yeah. uh, as a side thing. Uh, and yeah. they have some sideshow tournament at Worlds that is... <laughs> yeah, because the, the, there are so many people who like watch league, even if they don't play or if they're not good at league, they still love watching like the LCS or whatever. Yeah. And like love the characters and cosplay. And like, I think just getting, I think they want to be in as many markets as they can be. Yeah. Uh, so, and fighting game community, they have been not in at all. So uh, I'm buying that lore book today. I didn't know it was out. I <laughs> enjoy. I don't, I, I, I don't care about the lore, really. It's uh, like it, there's some interesting stories, but well, it's interesting to me because the my understanding is they basically were like, "Wow, our lore is all over the place." And oh then, yeah, and then did a ton of work to like rewrite it all, and that's yes. what this book is. It's like, it, hey, it's here's our lore bible, and it's and and like I don't know if it, they pulled it off, but like it seems like the premise is like, "Hey, look, it's good now." <laughs> Uh, we admit it's all it's cohesive because yeah I, yeah so I'm interested like, to read through it yeah they they definitely like as they were releasing some champions like okay we rewrote all the lore for Freljord and now oh. I do find the one the weirdest thing about Terror to me that I'm kind of like I actually kind of hope they change so there's like there's a Senna card which makes mm-hmm. sense but it's not a champion mm. which doesn't make sense. It's basically like it has it does the equivalent of leveling up if it sees mm-hmm. Lucian die. Mm. But also it's not a champion. It's just a regular unit. So is I, maybe because they're well, is Braum a champion? Yes. Okay. Well, I don't know. It's weird. I thought it was weird. I was just like, well, why it's doesn't Senna get to be a champion? I don't know. There's too many champions. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, all right. Well, uh, that's enough of that. Let's move on to a little thing I call the news. I have breaking news from 15 hours ago. 
uh, as reported by PC Gamer, being muted in a game does not violate your civil rights, U.S. federal court <laughs> declares. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Get fucked, RuneScape player. Constitutional free speech guarantees restrict government actors, not private entities. Man, Club Penguin, yeah. they were in the right the whole time. Exactly. Yep. Uh, well, uh, yes. Uh, There's no more to that story player. other than no, gift yeah. gamers. Uh, uh, also, speaking of getting fucked gamers, <laughs> get fucked Linux gamers as 2020 will not be the year of the Linux des- desktop, according to Psyonix, developers of Rocket League, as they plan to cut off support for uh, Mac and Linux uh, yep. in the coming months. And I saw some people, well, something I saw people complaining about was the fact that they're doing refund refunds, but they're not refunding microtransactions on those platforms. That's fair. I mean, like, I, mean, I don't know if there's a precedent. I guess because I, I think there was a precedent set by uh, Paragon. I think they actually refunded I mean, well, microtransactions. There, I think, but e, I guess, yeah. But also that was because they canceled the game and yeah, like Rocket League's been out for a while. It has. Uh, like, yeah. Uh, so, like, yeah. I mean, that the, that game will probably shut off someday, and then yeah, I don't know, like. It, it sucks, but they can still because you can still play the game on. I you can still play the game on uh, PC, so or you could you know you could log in on that account on like another on like a console or whatever. Yep. So yeah, so it's not like they just disappear. Yeah, um, I mean, if you're not going to own a console and you're only going to be on Linux or Mac, I guess that sucks. But you're just uh, you're obsessed with CentOS and you don't want to leave it. If you yep. have a Mac that you're playing video games on, there's a good chance. I don't want to be classist at all, but there's a good chance if you have a Mac that runs Lock Rocket League, you could purchase a Switch. Or they're expensive items. They're luxury items, but they are not that expensive when compared to other technology. Or alternatively, yeah. you can boot camp. Yeah. It's- Basically, what they said is it comes down to there's not enough people playing to warrant the support. Oh, yeah. So it, it's like the Gwent thing on consoles. Like, yeah, CD Projekt was like, Gwent on. they were like, hey, Gwent's going to be around and it's doing great on, on mobile. But <laughs> yeah, mobile. Yeah. It's no one's playing it on Xbox it. and PS4. Yeah, so why could, would we continue to support yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's development cost and time and, and it costs money to put patches out and stuff, which is not necessarily yeah. the case for Rocket League on Mac and Linux, well, although I don't know about that. Yeah, Macs. it's not just that, it's also server. Like if they're constantly yeah. having to pay for server, like the servers that are up at all times and waiting for people, like if they're never yeah. well, getting touched. It's cross play though, so it's so it's well that's it's yeah. cross play, so it's everyone's on the same servers, right? So uh, yeah, but there might be like login servers yeah, that are like, portals for yeah, it depends. Players. maybe. They're bridging to the like game server. I mean, you know, they have to they have to pay someone to patch and troubleshoot those yeah. versions. And if you know, uh, so yeah, uh, it's, it's R.I.P. Linux desktop I, didn't even have a chance. It's actually interesting have, because recently there has been a lot more push for Linux uh, games, Linux games. Yeah, so. it seems like that ebbs and flows so much. Yeah, but I mean, within me. within the past two weeks, there's actually been a lot of fervor oh, okay. in the I Linux community. If you've been keeping an eye on it, but yeah, it's no, it's I can't imagine a thing I would keep an eye on less than the Linux community. <laughs> no, my, there's yeah. plenty. But my, my direct manager is very very Linux heavy and also a gamer. Yeah, I'm so sorry. He, I'm, I'm sorry. No, it's fine. He's awesome. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> and we were talking about Linux gaming not two days ago. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I have other breaking news. Go for it. Okay. Um, Don't break, break my heart. Apparently, uh, this might break some people's hearts. Although he also maybe said some pretty shitty stuff in pub games at some point. Uh, but Anna, I guess, is taking a season off from uh, playing with OG. That's not surprising. I'm going for the three P. That's not surprising to me though, because he also took time off last time. Because I think he also has a lot of anxiety. Yeah. So like, yeah, it's. Uh, he says the tweet that I'm looking at from four minutes ago says, um, "Our carry player and IO God Anna Dota 99 will extend his break and come back for next season. Rest well, Anathon. Yeah, so that's fine. Good for him. Let let him take care of his mental health, yo. Yeah, and for sure. Especially in Australia right now. All right, definitely uh, moving. Moving on. Uh, we done diddly uh, got a, a peek at the back of the Xbox One al- X, also Series X, the Xbox it, Series X. So. It's <laughs> slightly important. There is a GIF of Anna being Thanos dusted away that OG posted in response to the tweet where they announced this. That's pretty good. Yes, That's pretty good. Anyway, the yeah, Xbox. We we saw the back of the yeah. Xbox One X. It has a it has a pass through, and then there's a connect port. Uh, what else? What else is on the back of the? Oh yeah, uh, yeah it's a USB A. That's weird. <laughs> like the square cables. Why is? Why do you think it has a serial bus? It's a, f- a firewire. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, wow. But yeah, no, that, I don't know why this is news, but it's news. Just I don't know why it's wire. news either. You know what? There, the news story to me is why the fuck do people care about there, this? There's one because thing. Go for it, Andre. Well, AMD post was like, hey, check out the back of the Xbox One X. And then Xbox, Microsoft was like, nah. Oh, I'm talking about that. That was different. That was when they showed well, it yeah, during that, the Ryzen whatever or the CES Yeah, that thing. was well, yeah, yeah, that, so that was recent. But, yeah, but, but that they got off like Turbo Squid. Yeah, and then like this, you're talking about the kind of uh, leaked one that someone posted a picture of yeah. on Twitter. Yeah, which the interesting part of this one has been the fact that they didn't cover up the serial number, so people who saw the yeah. picture were just registering it with Microsoft to make sure, like, oh, mm-hmm. can I actually register this console? And it worked. <laughs> so that means it oh. is it was actually definitely legit. Uh, interesting. Yeah. So that means. Whoever's uh, Xbox development kit that is is definitely in some deep shit because that serial number is tied to them. Unless it was all planned. Yeah, unless it was Phil Spencer who actually put this out. Yeah, he I did say he took one home. He did. That'd be really funny. I don't think Phil Spencer's <laughs> got that kind of gaudy carpet. Not gaudy, like that kind of shitty carpet, though. <laughs> uh, I bet he's got like nice hardwood floors. Yeah, yeah probably. Probably. I don't. I just. Mahogany. I know that like the thing that people that I heard people talking about was that like weird long port thing, like slot on mm-hmm. it. Yeah, girl. As like a potential spot where you could put like a hard drive extension or something. Mm-hmm. But I think the thing about all this stuff to me is just even as an enthusiast, someone who talks about this stuff every week, and my almost all of my free time especially this time of year spent on games in one way or another. I I just don't understand why people give a shit about what ports it has on the back. It's going to have a port for audio. It's going to have a port to connect to your TV. It might have some weird slot to put an extended hard drive in. The only thing interesting to me here is no USB C. Yeah, that is interesting. Is it? It is. Uh, yeah. USB C is definitely what things are going to be using for the next. Yeah, it's it's everything taking over. Like you can, there are a lot of laptops you can get that 
Oh, only have USB-C. Yeah, the new MacBook is 100% USB-C. There isn't even like a dedicated power port. It's because it's powered by USB-C. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, I know that, but I guess I don't really connect. If they want that. high-speed storage, like you can, like I guess it's not technically any faster than 3.1. But if yeah, I think it's just it's interesting because like yeah. the cables are better, um, more reliable, last, uh, last longer. Yeah, yeah. I think do they allow for faster charging? I they don't do. No. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, so also it, it, this could also just be like a pre. Uh, that's the thing. pre-production yeah there also could be a USB-C port on the front of the thing that we just haven't (laughs) seen before because it's behind a little flap that's well hidden or who knows like yeah Uh, Yeah, ultimately ultimately who cares yeah Uh, it's like the people who are like oh this is it's just a computer it's like yeah no shit it has it has ports Uh, it has been it has ports no shit like yeah whatever who cares (laughs) it's fine uh I just, yeah, I don't know. I, the, the more and more, like, I'm getting really, like, it's only, uh, it, not that I lay awake thinking about it, but I'm starting to get frustrated to the degree at which people are, like, speculating about new computer or new consoles. They're going to be moderately powerful computers that are affordable compared to what making a big gaming machine would cost, and they're going to play games. Like, the interesting stuff is stuff like Microsoft's whole, like, where games will run on the Xbox one X for another year and a half or whatever like that. Mm -hmm. Those structural generational, like this is how we're going to structure this console launch things sound interesting. Well, how are Xbox one games going to run on the Xbox series X? If there's no HDMI in (laughs) riddle me that. I think we actually talked about this probably weeks ago where like, yeah, I'm sure we talked about this on the podcast where it was like, Visuals at some point became good enough to where, like the, like were you looking at PlayStation One to PlayStation Two, the step up in visuals was huge. PlayStation Two to PlayStation yeah. Three, same thing. Three to four, eh, and four to five, eh. Like, well, like, we'll like see. It, it's yeah. probably not going to be like a monumental change in visuals and stuff. So the I mean, thing that really yeah. matters is services. Uh, yeah, so like yeah. that's what people should be caring about is like okay what services are going to well, change yeah. what we, like like it's the thing about like multiple suspended apps that people are talking about it's like oh yeah that's awesome yeah. that's what you want CPU stuff yeah and, it's yeah and what what that means for the games it's what like yeah. the hardware is the yeah, hardware, the hardware is it's a com- it's a computer you plug different. stuff into it it probably has Bluetooth for your controller tada if 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 like the multiple suspended apps is is cool but also if it's like Oh, you can hot swap between playing Senua's Saga and the Giant Bomb app on Xbox. I don't fucking care about that at all. I do I know not. if you if I don't if I can have like six games, you know, going and it's not going to impact performance. If I can just be like, boop, don't have to go through like the whole like, okay, close this game. And yeah, okay, and I have to go through the whole like boot sequence. Like that was that was definitely a seed change between the PlayStation Three and the PlayStation Four. Was like if you turn yeah. if you put your PlayStation to sleep mode. You had to restart the game. You had to turn off the game. Yeah, like yeah. like same thing. Now with the PlayStation Four, you're not you're not thinking about it. You're just putting it to sleep and starting it up again. And you're just like, yeah, I am where I was. Like that's something you're not thinking about anymore. And we should have more stuff like that where it's just like, yeah, yeah. Where this is this I is think, this is a state where it's just good. I think the suspension stuff, like being able to suspend a game, is is definitely like really useful and important. And it's but it's kind of like this is also the whole like load time, which I'm coming down around on a little bit, but I'm still not sold as a reason for me to buy a $500 box is like, 
I don't know that being able to suspend well, three games I don't, instead I don't of just think, one I don't think, is like... I don't think any one of those features is a thing that you yeah. should be buying a console for. I think it's just kind of like it's, the the cumulative improvement across yeah. the entire experience. Yeah. yeah, and we'll see what PS5 offers. Like with Xbox, it sounds like they're not even going to make you make the decision for a while because like... Yeah. You can see how you can see how those those cumulative differences play out in the wild before making a choice as to whether you even want to upgrade. Yep, that's very true. Whereas I, PlayStation I, Five, who knows? I will be interested to see how Microsoft pitches it because yeah, if the games aren't gonna be like exclusive, at least like the Microsoft games, how do they pitch that to people? But I think we'll they'll. I would hope. Or I hope's the wrong word. I suspect that they'll come out and do a very similar E3 presentation this year to what they did last year, and it'll have they'll focus on games, and then there'll be a brief segment where they're like, you know, at the beginning this time probably instead of the end, all the games you're seeing are running on Xbox Series X hardware. Um, we're excited to be able to offer all of our first party titles across our across the Xbox lineup, um, but they'll be missing some features and visual fidelity on on the less powerful hardware and I mean, they'll word it differently, but and, like, and also here's crackdown. Here's the games. Oh God. And the UI is still as slow as ever. Bring in black, bring in back blades, <laughs> bring back black. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh God. Like the, like the game uh, black. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sure. Have but make uh, Bungie make black. Yeah. Black, black to wait. Bungie, let Bungie make black. Okay. Yeah, because Bungie is like they're one of the best, or or the or Infinity Ward. You mean okay. the two best feeling shooters no. that I've played I mean, this generation well, are Destiny Two I'm, and Modern Warfare. I'd be so. interested in seeing what Criterion's been doing. So giving him black two would be pretty fun. Uh, Anyways, all right. Well, moving on because we spent so much time talking about the back of the Xbox One <laughs> X or Series X. <laughs> God, it's it's okay. I'm coming around. It's a bad name. Uh, it is. All right, Alex, how would you take us through this next story? It's really for the first time ever. An R wing from Star Fox 64 has been spawned in vanilla Ocarina of Time. No Game Shark or other cheat device used. Yeah, I don't know if there's much about it beyond that. Um, Was this done on a console? Correct. Well, they did it on okay. Wii Virtual Console, but then they also. Okay within the week after they did it on an N64 and it's very much um you know how in when they did like task runs at GDQ that's a lot of mm-hmm. acronyms but uh at games done quick in the past they did a tool assisted speed run using their robot that basically like let them arbitrarily execute code in Pokemon which let like the Twitch chat go into Pokemon Red and stuff like they mm-hmm. were able to hook up to the internet and hook up IRC to it uh, so they were able to find a way to do arbitrary code execution in uh, the original Legend, uh, Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time, and like the model has been known to be in the code for a, for a long time, and through this arbitrary code execution by like um, like changing your file save name and then like doing very specific movements and interacting with things at a, a specific point, let them like. Uh, warp to the end of the game and stuff like that, but yeah, now they they can actually spawn in an R wing, and it's not that it's just like a static R wing; it has full animations from Star Fox sixty four. Like, so it's just you're looking at Zelda, but here's this R wing, and it's just like flo- floating around and like animating and stuff. It's it's bizarre, but yeah, that's it. <laughs> if you're interested in that kind of stuff, it's a it's a really weird little thing that the that community was able to do. 
That's interesting. Yeah, it's fun. Dying Light 2 was delayed. Yeah. <laughs> no games are ever going to come out. No, it's... I, I'm not surprised. But Which, honestly... I have enough to play. I could probably play the games that exist now for the rest of my life and wouldn't be the end of the world. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. We don't need game saturation. There's, I mean, there already is game saturation. So, yeah, it's, I mean, it is kind of crappy that now everything is being moved, kind of being far away. So, I guess, but it also makes space for the indies to show up. Like, this gives us space to talk about Temtem and stuff like that. Oh, and and like I was coming into January thinking like, well, I'll play Kakarot and that's the only thing that's really coming out until March at the earliest that I want to play. And now I have like Iceborne came out on PC. Yep. That happened last the end of last month, but still earlier. I don't remember when exactly, but still like Iceborne came out on PC. I have Runeterra that I want to play. Um, uh, uh, Plague Tales on Game Pass. Yep. Uh, Temtem came out. Uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions came out on Switch. Like I'm sitting on like 10 games that I really want to play, and I got to finish Dishonored 2. So like I have a huge plate full of games when I kind of thought this was going to be the time where I would like veg out with Kakarot, which is now a game that I will pick up on a sale in six months. Uh, or it, when it shows like up two on, months based on the way it's going. When it shows up on PlayStation Plus in six months. Yeah, or Game Pass. Uh, it, won't, it won't show up on PlayStation Plus. I don't think they'll get, I don't think they'll get it. Uh, it, I'm, I know I don't think that'll happen um, we'll remember to yeah, check I, in six months yeah uh, <laughs> it's yeah there's a lot of games Pat you gotta play Death of the Outsider uh, yep all the Dark Souls games the Dark Souls Dragon thing Qu- Dragon Quest 11 I, oh, I need to make a statement no, oh, the dra- you gotta know, you gotta know the, the whole you gotta no know way. all the lore all um, the lore the, I want to set the record straight on the Dark Souls thing. Hey, no, I've gotten a lot of guff about this. I said I caveated all the while that there's no way I'm going to play all of the Dark Souls games this year. Just that I want to play through them all over the it next. Takes like an hour and a half to play each one. Time. Don't you watch the speed run? <laughs> Dark Souls yeah. is like my background game now. Although then Modern Warfare, I also said all of that before. I started playing Modern Warfare, which is like a sickness. Yeah, it's no, like see, that's me and Destiny illness. 2. It's totally that's, you and Destiny 2, because the battle pass for Modern Warfare ends in like a week and a half, and I'm like level 60, and I lost a lot of time by being out of town. Yeah. So I f- kind of also feel like I could just play, I could just take another week off from work and play battle Modern Warfare for 40 hours next week to make sure that I'm catching. I thought you were going to say I could just take another week off and not worry about the battle pass anymore and then start again next. <laughs> No, I'm Next saying one. take a week off of work. Yeah, no, so that no, yeah. That's not where pass. I thought you were. That's not where I thought I you were going to go with that. I will be purchasing tiers of the battle pass. I'm sitting on a bunch of coins. I have more than enough coins now to because of they. I they gave you a bunch of free ones if you had Black Ops Four, and then those turned over into Modern Warfare points. I don't know why, but anyway, I have more than enough points, even not having bought any, to finish the battle pass and buy levels now. And so I will be doing that to make sure that I get that sweet sweet skin at the end of the path all right i got an emote that uh, lets me feed some pigeons for maxing out the battle pass in uh, destiny 2 like some digital pigeons that's good dying light one was pretty good uh yeah i liked uh, we uh my partner and i are still playing through it we play through it really slowly um i played a little bit of it but it didn't grab me i i beat 
Dead Island, uh, but yeah. Dead or Dying Light didn't. The really struggle. Play I like in. the expansion they added with all the vehicles. That was really interesting. Yeah, we're excited to play that. Dying Light, like the um, the things that I don't like about it are one, the weapon durability stuff yeah. is like, I get why it's there, and I I think yeah. it's probably better that it is there, but it's still a pain to interact with. Totally. Um, and it's also a very punishing game. It's not especially difficult if you pay attention to what you're doing, but it also, if you like fuck up, you can get like royally fucked up. Yep. And in, I, it, it's sometimes it's, and it's also things like I like to shoot the zombies and there's like, no, the guns are very sparse. And when you do get them, if you fire a gun, it's almost more dangerous to shoot the gun than it is to kill the thing that you're shooting at with it. Um, Cause it's so loud and it attracts more zombies. So like, I think there's really great stuff about the first game that I really enjoy, but at the same time, it's almost stressful at times to play it um, kind of in a manner similar to, uh, to resident evil. Although um, if the only times though, where I'm like, okay, I don't want to do the next thing is, is the stuff at night. Yeah. And that's like, they do a really good job of making the nighttime very terrifying, but it's also like, sometimes we get to a night mission and we're like, uh, that's all for now. And then a month later we'll do the one night mission and be like, okay, that was so stressful. We played for a half hour. Yeah. We'll come back to this again in the future. I think that stuff is great. <laughs> it is. It's really good. It's, it's well made. It's just, uh, it's actually harder in co-op than it is solo <laughs> because you got to worry about the other person making it. So like sometimes though, it's also led to very cool instances where I'm like, okay, I aggroed the scary, bad, bad, bad zombies that come out at night. You just run to the mission completion area. I'll try to lose them. Don't bother trying to help me. And that stuff is kind of cool too. Um, but yeah, it can be, can be stressful to play, but I'm excited for the second game because of all the, like, it seems like it's, it's just going to do a lot more cool stuff. Uh, that's new for that experience. And cool. Also, the only other the only other issue with the first game that I hope they solve in the second game, there's like hundreds of side quests in the first game. Yep. I mean, it's like every time you get to a new main quest, you get like 10 to 15 more side quests. And they're all like a lot of them are pretty decent. Um, Sometimes they're just fast quests, but it means that your quest log is like constantly I we play after we set it down for a few weeks, we come back to it and it's like. We have like 15 quests. I guess, what do you want to go do? And sometimes it feels like you're treading water because you're just doing side quests forever. Yep. Uh, it's a lot of stuff to do. They added so much stuff to that game over time. Oh, yeah. So if like it's almost a service game, even though it's like uh, usually, you can play it co-op and stuff, but it's just they added so much. Usually when we log in after a month, that game came out in what, like 2014, mm-hmm. something like that. 2015 2014 we will we'll 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 jump on again like every month or so to play and there will be news about like a new weapon pack being added or something yeah which is just like it's been out for years like yeah i i wonder like if people are like steadily playing it like all the time or a lot of the stuff they're selling so yeah, no, I just wonder if like that was like a actually like weirdly big hit for them. I think like, it probably like a was. Witcher 
like a Witcher three, like super long tail type thing. And I would just like not as not as large. Yeah, I would bet that the people who are playing it consistently and not just coming back to it are buying everything that comes out because it's like Mm -hmm. three bucks a month to get the newest weapon pack. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, g- good for them. Hopefully, uh, Dying Light Two, Dying Light Two, can deliver on all the uh, stuff that they're saying, and they actually use that time to make it work. Do you think it comes out this year? Dying Light Two. If it's PS4, then yes. Do you I don't think, think it's it pushed to the next generation of consoles. I think they. I don't. I think they could, but I don't know if it's wise. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's going to matter that much, frankly. Like, I think they could say, put PS5 on the box instead, and then it'll mm-hmm. run better. <laughs> you know? like Yeah, it'll be like Assassin's Creed 4. Sort of, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or Black uh, Flag. Or, uh, it. Yeah. it was Assassin's Creed 4, Black Flag. There we go. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, here, uh, the last thing, it says Stadia owners are tired of Stadia being poopy. Yep. Yeah, no, there's just been kind of an out. Is like, there? There's been some articles, and the article that I think mm-hmm. was linked in this one is actually from Business Insider. So it's not like a mm-hmm. small publication. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and like uh, basically, people who bought in on Stadia in November when it came out are like, hey, this thing has been shitty since the start, and it's still not better, and we're almost at February. It's been like four months. Mm-hmm. Are you guys going to do anything to make this worth my investment? Or like, or like yeah. what the fuck? Because like Google hasn't really said they gave any, you some Tomb Raider games. Come on, yeah, but like Google's been pretty radio silent since November. Oh, since yeah. November, like they haven't said anything. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I saw in someone's thread, uh, like an engineer for Google was mm-hmm. in like for Stadia was in there. Like, oh, you'll see. Yeah, but this, they said that it's not. They said that like. At CES when they announced it or whatever was it CES? Oh, oh yeah, no. Well, this yeah, no. But this was like this wasn't like this. Just felt like a an engineer who was like, "Stop talking shit about the thing I'm working on." Like, I mean, uh, and like you know, you don't know we're gonna do it. And it seems like the people there really believe in what they're doing. Well, the but thing is, they also seem insulated from. It's because of the gas like they the, pump into Google offices. No, I think I yeah, think it's, I think it's valid. I think the technology it's what we said since the start. The technology is great and yeah. it works and it's really neat. But the problem is the service and everything surrounding yeah. it. It's like yeah. the implementation is what's shitty. It's not the actual All technology. Know, I'm just getting my prequel meme ready now of so this is how Stadia dies to thunderous applause. Just under a bunch of sand. Yeah. From the high ground, um, yeah. Uh, have how many Tomb Raider games have they given away? At uh, least two. Two. Yeah, at least. Also, did they give them away, or were they added to the Stadia Pro thing? They were added to the yeah, Stadia, so, so they're not giving them <laughs> so away. Still to buy into that. You still have to pay for Stadia oh Pro, God. which is a service you have to pay money for what? if you want to keep it. They need. They needed to launch the free tier alongside the all of this shit. Like I don't. Well, like, I, I did, at yeah, this point, I but they couldn't. They couldn't update the Chromecast Ultras. Then just do it with the for launch. <laughs> just limit it to I the know, browser. Yeah, no. Limit it to something. Get people into I, the in, get yep. people into the environment. Like now, now but no one wants to touch it. Yeah, it's <laughs> and yeah, and meanwhile, XCloud is getting better and better and starting to eat Google's lunch as they add Destiny. Yeah, and yeah, you're right. You do Destiny. need to own an Xbox 
to use xCloud currently. I was looking because they're expanding to more countries, but part of the requirements is you have to own an Xbox. That's fine. <laughs> for, well, for me, I was like, oh, well, I could I could try and get in this, check it out, but I can't. Yeah, like, uh, but, but uh, it's fine because it will expand. But like, yeah, yeah. Um, All I know is that Alex from Super GG offered me a Stadia Buddy Pass, and I was like. Yeah, sure. I'll take it off your hands if you really don't want it. And then he messaged the our Twitter and was like, "If you still want that Stadia pass, I'll send it to you." And I was like, "Yeah, if you really don't want it, I'll I'll try it like for like five minutes probably." And then um, we started talking about something else and got away from it. And I haven't cared to go bug him to send it to me because. I don't, you know, uh, you could have been great for your flight. You could have talked about. Oh, I'm sure it works really well over in play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Play some think, Destiny on yeah. the plane. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that'd be Isn't, perfect. What was, yeah. what was the name of the one exclusive? You could have run through the corridors of time while on the plane. What was the name of their one exclusive? Uh, Guilt. Guilt, yeah. Guilt. You could have played through Guilt. G-Y-L-T. Guilt. They're which saying was not good. I didn't. I heard it was okay. I heard the way you said that made it sound like it was very bad. I what I have heard is like, a lot of people who sound like they don't want to... Uh, shit on the developers of guilt, which I don't mm-hmm. want to do either. Cause I'm sure they're very nice people who are talented at things, but it's every time I've heard someone talk about it, they talk about it with a tone. That's like, it, it was, it was okay. In like yeah. a, they don't want to just point out that it's like really, really, really mediocre. Yeah. <laughs> it seemed fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Stadium. Yeah. I, that thing seems dead. <laughs> yes. Well, they're supposed to have they're what they said like 120 games by, by the 20, end of the year. Yeah. Or I will say as that as as far as it's almost a game per dollar. As far as <laughs> game services are going, I've been pretty uh unimpressed with Apple Arcade's progress yeah. as time has gone on as well. There hasn't um, really been anything so interesting in the past 2 months. They're basically the games that are coming out now are kind of garbage in my opinion like it's a lot of stuff like that that hockey game there was a game that came out called hogwash which looks like actually a clever concept it's like an asymmetric multiplayer game where three players play as pigs trying to make a mess on a farm that sounds great one person is the farmer with a with a water gun trying to spray the pigs down and capture them and clean up the mess sounds great oh and it's got cute visuals and stuff it's nothing against the game itself but like i don't want to play that on my ipad yeah, nope. it's like the multiplayer stuff is nope. weird. I don't want to play um, any of those games. I will play the only thing I enjoy playing multiplayer on my iPad is turn-based stuff and then I can dual shock. I can use my dual shock to play Call of Duty Mobile, which is very funny because no one lots of people are not using controllers. So I just oh, score yeah. like 18,000 more points than everyone else in the game <laughs> and and carry the entire team by myself. <laughs> Because it actually plays really well with the controller. That's amazing. <laughs> Put the team, my, I, you would hope. Put the team on your back. Yeah. Uh, but that's just iPad. that's goofy. I don't even think that it's necessarily like va- yeah. a valuable experience. It's just silly. Yeah. My iPad is primarily used for reading One Piece at this point. Oh God. Um, yeah, I mean that's I I play Dota <laughs> Underlords on my iPad. That's like my biggest. Uh, oh, it's I reading. Uh, like I said at the top Dota of the show or early on, as once. Um, uh, once uh, Team Fight Tactics comes out on 
mobile. Oh boy. My bedtime ritual will then become going to bed a half hour earlier so I can play a game of Dota Underlords and a game of Team Fight Tactics. <laughs> Team Fight Tactics is like half an hour itself. That's if what I mean. Full, if you go the distance. Well, I right? play knockout games in Underlords, which are like 10 yeah. minutes. So I yeah. play two of those and then yeah. Anyway. Wow. Yeah. V- video uh, games, Arcade. everyone. Well, I, I hope that they put something out on it that's like as good I, I will say at the very least i'm staying subscribed because there's a there was enough stuff in that initial drop that still playing i'm still enjoying like card of darkness and um mm-hmm. grindstone and stuff like that that five bucks a month is like that's fine i don't mind paying that for those for access to those things because those are kind of the things i use when i open my phone and i'm not messaging um but uh yeah that service needs some more stuff i played some of that i played some overland too that game is rough in more ways than one. All right. Are you playing as the dog? Is that why it's rough? No, it's just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think you mentioned you're not, you know, a fan. Go to bed. It's too hard and it moves really slow and it's buggy. Same, but you can play as a dog. I can't cause I haven't unlocked oh. the dog. Well, that's, <laughs> that's why you don't enjoy it. Uh, Maybe. Yeah, but I, I think with that, we can uh, wrap it up, right? Yeah. I'm going to go get Academy. some breakfast. Ooh, nice. I'm excited I, about I, that. I'm going to go to bed. Uh, <laughs> next week, maybe some Kentucky Route Zero. Oh, oh yes. Play that? Yes, please. I'm buying okay. the TV edition so I can throw it up on the, the TV easily without uh, Steam Lincoln. I do want to play that. I don't know if I'll get to it next week, but that's maybe. I'm going uh, to buy a nice bottle of uh, either bourbon or scotch. And uh, sit down with that game and play it, hopefully, in, like, an evening. A long evening. On the toilet? No. Sad. No. If you got it on the Switch, you could. You get at least part of the evening. That's a good point. I should get it on the Switch for that reason. Yep. Although, I assume it's in 4K on Xbox, and I would rather play it in 4K than have it portable. Well, you, get, you wait for the Switch 2 on that. <laughs> the Switch Pro. <laughs> yeah. God. People. Buzzwords. All right. Uh, so, uh, thank you all for listening to this episode 105 of uh, the Gaming Fix podcast. Uh, thank you for those who entered our giveaway for the Humble Fire Relief Bundle. Uh, the winner was selected earlier today and has received their bundle. Uh, but make sure you stay uh, subscribed over to at Fix Podcast on Twitter to keep up with us and anything else we might do. I think we're going to, we're, I'm going to make us a bite, which is the vine successor. Nice. Hot yes. News. Okay, cool. I'll install it. And I will only, I'll use bite the way that Alex uses our Twitter, which is something that I'm really glad that you do because it means that there's frequent tweets, but sometimes yeah. I see tweets from us and it's very hyper specific to Alex's interests. <laughs> <laughs> what? Like responding to other podcasts, asking for questions and asking about food. No, no, like, that's I, like I, I listened. I read this book. I watched this yeah. anime. Oh, yeah. I'm not picking on you. I appreciate it because <laughs> it's good content for our Twitter. Yeah, yeah. It, very, it's 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 just your own. You use it as your own personal yeah, Twitter. I don't have I don't, have, I don't have social media. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> Again, yeah. So, it's, so and, and you're you're very clear. Doing. Like, you oh know, yeah, you, you sign them. It it's clear. fine. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is not a complaint. This is not a subtweet. You, you, you uh, use it more than any of us. This is a true. This is an appreciation post. Yes. But uh, that's how I want to use our bite because I don't really want to make a bite, but I also want to <laughs> engage with bite. Yeah, uh, engage with this hashtag well, content. Yeah. 
we'll see how long this one lasts. How long did Vine last? I don't know. Anyway, episode 105. Uh, we'll be back next week with episode 106. You can find me, Andre Cole, a.k.a. your girl's favorite Temtem, on Twitter at CoolSlaw, C-O-O-L-S-L-4-W. Alex, where can people find you? Uh, reading a book somewhere. I don't know. Okay. Uh, Pat, how about you? You can find me at PJC Plays, and I will say... Um, I haven't had much of a desire to stream anything recently, and I don't know if desire will translate to free time when it's quiet to do it, but I would enjoy streaming some Terra at some point. So keep an eye out. I will say so on the fixed Twitter if I do that. Yeah, that's that's the hot new thing. You should maybe make some bite content with it. That's happening for sure. (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, thanks for joining us. Come back next week to hear more from Gaming Fix. Beep, 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 beep. No? Is that... Is that <laughs> okay, from the top. <laughs> Hello, oh, and welcome, welcome to Gaming Fix, episode 105. What is the cloud we're under at shorts? Uh, skyscrapers. Uh, skyscrapers. Skywalker. Good night. I'm- <laughs> Good night, everyone. <laughs> Good night, everybody. I'm sad. Good morning. Good day. I said good day. (laughs) 